Damn it, that's the 10th group of soldiers to attack us today. Oh, I'd love to go around them somehow, but someone put walls onto all the other paths. How rude. At least everything looks really pretty. See, there's a train engine, and a lake, and some homeless puppies, and a coffee shop, but we can't touch them all. <laughs> It's kind of funny how the scenery doesn't affect these soldiers from fighting either. You'd think they'd be cold, or slip on ice, or have asthma from all the plants, but no. They're just too intimidated by our awesome magic skills that we have no idea how to use yet are amazingly skilled with. Come on guys, let's murder everyone on our path to preserve world peace! Now a podcast so grand. Whoa! So magnificent and so vast, it spans from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. No way! Yes way! But it starts with Phil. How do you choose the best equipment? And Mike. The one that looks the best, dude! Phil, Mike, this is really quite simple. Unless you get an A-plus on your final oral report in video game history tomorrow, I have no choice but to flunk the boat of you. Two epic airheads. Mike, we are in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow. One time-traveling telephone booth. Uh, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. I'm here to help you with your history report. Who knew the history of video games could be such an excellent adventure? Yo, dude, I have experience bar. How do I get experienced? It's like when you learn stuff for a long time, you know? Oh, oh look, Mike. Okay, let's check it out. Hey, who is this old dude? It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Hey, excuse me, old dude. Do you know if there's any bogus bosses of historic significance here? How's it going, ugly pixelated dude? These are your hosts, Philip Willis. Those are some hot magic slinging babes. And Mike Meeky. It's a gaming report, not a babe report. And all kinds of games from RPG Backtrack. If you guys are really us, what game are we thinking of? Shining Force, dude! Dudes! This is Phil and Mike's Excellent RPG Backtrack. And welcome to RPG Backtrack. This is number 160, Triska. Where the hell do you come up with these words, Binky? You this say it. This is a it. real word. Say Mr. it. Mr. Baker definitely knows Just it. Just say it. Thank you. And uh, we're here to <laughs> talk about a game that we've avoided for far too long. Uh, it's six years old now. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, this is... The presence uh, of Fate? Resonance of Fate, exactly. We I am. Resonance of Fate. I'm one of your hosts, Phil Willis. The other, one of those other voices somewhere in the distance is Mike Minky. That would probably be me, I suppose. Yep, 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 yep. And to help us talk about the best Final Fantasy of all time is Mr. Michael Baker. Yeah. And Mr. Michael Laps. What up? All right. See, Mike. You're outnumbered. Let's have, we're out. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Yes, there's three mics and one me. Triple Mike. Yep. Wow, triple Mike. Woo. So every time I say Mike, I'm going to get like a chorus of people saying, yep, that's me. Well, I hope... You're going to have to be very specific tonight, Phil. Uh, Well, that's okay, because I have names for each one of you. Well, you usually call me apps anyway, so... Yeah, baking me cookies. Okay, so uh, what are we talking about today? We are talking about a Final Fantasy. We are talking about the beloved Final Fantasy XIII. Only beloved games get two sequels, right? That's right. I mean, it has to be the best. It, I mean, no other Final Fantasy I can think of has three direct, two direct sequels. So, I mean, it's a trilogy. 
Seven to those were like spin-offs, weren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sequel and a movie, which was also a Yeah, that was more like a movie, yeah. I mean this this <laughs> is a trilogy of games. This is like What about what about that Final Fantasy Seven cell phone game? Was that a sequel or a prequel? Okay, you know what? That that doesn't well, count. It's a cell phone game. <laughs> Which one? Like the one that was actually just the motorcycle bit? No, the one that was uh, the Turks. Started the Turks. I forget the name of it. Uh, I think I think that was a side story. I think Before okay. Crisis is that what is it? Is that the title? No, that's the Crisis prequel. Score? Okay. Crisis, crisis. Anyways, the whole point is. Man, we are we are here to talk about the awesomeness of Final Fantasy thirteen, right? Am I right, guys? Yay. Yeah. And as we know from the example of seven, it will be re- thirteen will be remade in about fifteen years. <laughs> Man, Final Phil, Fantasy thirteen is so awesome you don't need to remake it. Phil. Yeah. Do you happen to know what the title of the podcast today actually means? Uh no, no, I'm an accountant. Yep. We, we don't, we don't do big words. It's it means the fear of the number thirteen. Oh, well, why would you? Well, I guess you can fear the number, but you don't need to fear this game. It's so awesome. I don't know. It did take us like six years to get to this podcast. <laughs> you know what? It's gonna. You know, I tell you what. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to pronounce that word. I'm gonna go practice for a bit, and uh, so I'm gonna put y'all on hold, and I'll be right back, and and we'll talk about Final Fantasy thirteen.
we have returned and we're ready to jump into the lucky number 13 final fantasy 13 developed and published by square enix originally released on the playstation 3 and xbox 360 uh well wait was that a playstation exclusive for us back in the day in america no yeah it was it was on 362 you sure yeah like originally released i'm I'm trying to find that american date 100 percent positive okay stupid xbox anyways uh so uh yeah march uh, i believe it was march 9th uh 2010 and uh later on it came out on the pc as mr minky is finding out uh not that long ago really right like a little bit no it's uh maybe two years ago maybe less and one would one think that it had would have gone through a little more quality control before going on the pc but obviously no okay so minky's a little bitter made a note all right so uh this was uh this is a single player um i I don't know if i'd call this a jrpg action rpg strategy rpg something rpg it's an rpg it's an rpg so well theoretically you don't really Even seem to make a lot of. Even though the developers were adamant that we made so many changes to this game formula that you might not even call it an RPG anymore. Yeah, like I mean, do you really make decisions? I mean, I certainly didn't going down all the hallways. I couldn't even decide <laughs> to go left or right. So uh, I just, I, I don't. Even in leveling up, you just kind of put the points in. It kind of goes in a row. It looks really. Good. Anyways, we digress. Well, the, there's a lot of Final Fantasy games where leveling is kind of just automatic. So yeah, well, that's just this is fine. Yeah. But you give me the illusion illusion of choice uh oh there's an illusion of choice as far as leveling up yeah there's an illusion all right uh anywho uh but this is you know this is this is uh, i'm so excited so to talk about this game guys because this one i believe it's it's the first round of metacritic reviews was around a 9.1 so i mean this is clearly a superior rpg experience yeah i think right now sitting at like an 84 or 5 or something like that because let me take a look because you know now some you know some some pissy moaning people over the last couple of years have put in some last minute reviews um but when it first came out i remember getting really great scores because i went out and bought a copy you know at full there were, price there were, there were a lot of lower ones too. there was uh yeah, yeah i just um Phil, Phil, yeah one way to really gauge like over here one way to gauge how popular the game was is to see what its resale price secondhand is three months later <laughs> oh yeah so yeah. <laughs> it released in december and the next March, you could buy it used, practically new, for about $13. Yeah, and you're absolutely right, uh, and I felt so burned by that. I distinctly remember there was there was a number of reasons why this was the last Final Fantasy game I paid full price. Up until this point, um, from Final Fantasy four all the way up through, I bought my Final Fantasy games brand new at retail price. This was the last one. One of the reasons was exactly that. Three months later, the thing had dropped you know, down to down below twenty bucks. Yeah, it was... it's actually a bit up since then. It's just that, but within the first three months, about one million owners in Japan all sold it back. Ah, let me see if I can find Adrian Dinauden's review. <clears throat> oh, I... okay, yes, he's the one that liked it. He did like it. Yes, <laughs> I, 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 ah, there it is. There it is. Okay, there's the thread. One of the odd times I fully agree with him. And what a, what a shocker. A Final Fantasy review on our site just occasioned huge quantities of talk. That, that never... <laughs> Shock. And, that, and it happened to be Adrian's. Go figure. <laughs> it still didn't match the records of Star Ocean 4. Oh, that was just... Plain. It was. We'll probably never see that again. Hopefully not. Well, in any case, um, 
things. Like I, I hadn't even been planning on getting it Final Fantasy Thirteen originally, but um, I'd done some extra work at my old school like a month before that, and I just happened to have on hand enough cash to get a decent second-hand PlayStation 3 and this game. So it's like, I'm going for it. Happy birthday to me. Yay. Happy birthday to me. And Christmas. Yay. Yep. Combo. It's only like $300 total. Um, Though I'd have yeah. to say that you may be getting more enjoyment over time from the PS3 than just 13. Yeah, but that's partly because my huge PlayStation 1 library that I keep playing instead of anything on from PS3. <laughs> Which, um, I mean, if you looked over, if you happen to look over my original impression of Final Fantasy XIII, I ended up having to point out that I couldn't read half of the stuff on the screen um, just because I was not used to HD lettering on oh. especially on my old SD oh, yeah. yeah, that'll be that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's too hard so to read. Me, it, it took me forever to get through some of the encyclopedia entries in this game after a while, and I never could really keep track of all of the random material items you get from enemies. Yeah. On the on the plus side, I got a lot of listening practice because I had to rely on the voice acting for all plot information. <laughs> so, Well, from what I've seen of the English version, this is a rare Square Enix dub that is actually quite good. How was Fantastic, actually. Especially fantastic, considering that, I, if I remember right, they were still translating and dubbing simultaneously while parts of the plot were still being written. <laughs> well, they they were just trying to get ahead. You know, that's all. They were just trying to, to jump ahead of it. Yeah, but, I mean, they were aiming to get this game released in English within a few months of the Japanese release. Um, and, and they weren't quite sure how to do it properly from everything they were able to find out. So it it got a well let's say it says here meta that aggregating review websites game rankings Metacritic gave the PlayStation three version an eighty four percent based on sixty two reviews so see eighty four that that's that's not bad and I swear it was higher the first year but I can't uh, easily find something that just shows me just the full four you know the first year scores uh, averaged out or something like that Aren't in the first you looking few months. At Adrian's review? Am I looking at it? Did Adrian's bring it up or down? <laughs> Four and do. a half out of five on our scale. Well, that's... there you go. 90%. Uh, that's 90% to Meta. And of course, for us, that's, <laughs> you know, even higher. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I just remember it really coming out to positive reviews. And then I sat down and started to play it. But before we get into the, a lot of this side stuff, because we'll be be here all night, let's, let's try to bring some structure. Let, who wants to talk about the <laughs> the story? <laughs> Uh, well, um. well, the story. One of the things I can really remember about the story is that it wasn't structured very well for a video game. In any ways. I agree. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Back when I was the only person in my section of Facebook playing this game, I made a comment like, "Actually, how it was actually structured rather more like a novel in many ways, except that it all of the background material that you'd get." the narrative in a novel was hidden away in encyclopedia entries that, again, I could barely read. Mm. And it just, yeah, it was just, it was not paced right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Present. Right. A lot of well, what... Well, the opening of... does a decent job of making you wonder, what the hell is going on? So, oh, yeah. Like, I, 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 do, I do remember I was almost late to work that first day because I just had to finish the opening sequence before I left. And, yeah, I was really, really excited after when everything kind of completely blew up in a fake nuclear explosion. It was, yeah. I liked it at the very beginning, yeah. 
so do 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 any of y'all know the specific de- or do you want to share the specific details or do you um, want the Phil sixty second version? If you know, if you know, you basically wrote, yeah, essentially, because that's how I got I caught can, up. I can give like a quick overview. I think you might be better than Phil's regurgitation of Spoonie's yeah. review. So go ahead. Probably. Go ahead. So essentially, the idea is there's kind of like this artificial. I don't know if you want to call it world or whatever moon, whatever the heck you want to call it, floating over this vast uh, world. Art- Artificial satellite arcology. Yeah, that works. And pretty much all the humans live in this little thing. Uh, and it's governed by these godlike machines called the... Let me make sure I get this. The Falci. And there's also Falci that govern the other world. The Let's call it the wild world of Pulse. Uh, so the, the main characters, uh, through a random series of events, end up becoming Lissi, which is basically people that get branded by these god things, and they have to complete a certain a objective, a focus, or they become monsters. So that's and kind of... And you get a very brief glimpse of what that focus is, and then you're just supposed to kind of intuit what you need to do. Yeah. Basically, it's yes. But part of the point is that um, they're all branded by this other... Um, this, I guess they'd be considered a rogue Falci that was discovered in at the edge of one of the settlements, and, and everybody who came in contact with this thing is being carted off, off to a. Is it, what call it a. It, it was a, a purge, pul- right? It was a pulse Falci, right? That's why they were yeah. purging everyone. So, yeah, they so were can, putting off into a concentration okay. camp. Um, so yeah, for, when is when is this fully revealed? Because I mean, I'm near the end of chapter five, and I still haven't seen this. So it's not. <laughs> It's not ever really explained all that well, I don't think. <laughs> um, I mean, part, part of the... Uh, I mean, I was saying, like, novel-type structure, but a lot of the things that lead up to the prologue are not are only revealed in flashbacks in later chapters. So yeah. you find out later on that the main reason why Lightning, Zaz, and, like, half the cast, the only reason they're actually on the train at the beginning is because they snuck on to try and get other people out who were other people who were being moved to the concentration camp for purging, including Lightning's sister. Yeah. So basically part of the idea here is that anyone that's in, that gets in contact with anything from Pulse is basically like, have to get rid of them. Yeah. Um, but kind of the whole weird thing behind all this is that a, uh, a fallacy not from Pulse... Now I'm forgetting the name of the, what the hell is the name of the moon thing? Uh, everybody, yes, thank you, Cocoon. Falci from Cocoon is kind of behind all of this, setting all this in motion, which always kind of confused me. But uh, so essentially, they get branded as this. They and this I don't think is really exaggerating at all. They all split up and kind of wander aimlessly around Cocoon for a while. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when does Fang join you? I keep expecting uh, her to be on my team, and she isn't yet. That's that's weird. Right about what chapter nine or ten? Yeah, nine? it's 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 pretty close to uh, when you get to Grand Pulse. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, so so nine. Um, the, the chapters. Um, one thing about the chapters that's really weird is uh, their size is uh, dr- dramatically variable. Yeah. Going so back, going back to pacing issues. Yeah. <laughs> So when you say, uh, so I, I think 
Mike, you said you were on like chapter five or so. Uh, you I may actually hope, may be closer to chapter are, nine than you think. <laughs> yeah, hope and lightning so, yeah. are wandering through the crystal forest that is apparently where uh, animals are being experimented upon as potential weapons, which makes whatever. Yeah, that's fine. That's not a crucial plot point ever. In many ways, it was like they were trying to repeat the second act of Final Fantasy VI, where you have the characters split into three different directions, but then they forget to bring them back in a relatively prompt (laughs) manner. Yeah. Um, And and again, it's the the way the battles work out, I mean, everything seems to take a bit longer because there's so much more graphics to show off and so much more wow factor to try and fit in. Yeah, that it actually expands the length um, a lot more than it would have if you, this had been like a Super Nintendo period game. Yeah, uh, pacing really all around is this game's major issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. getting uh, getting back to the main plot overview, uh, so eventually they do get back together and kind of confront this uh, cocoon fallacy that's behind everything for basically the vague reasons. Place. Yes. So basically, what this uh, Falsi apparently wants to do is crash Cocoon into Pulse and I guess somehow cause the creator to come back or something like that. That's right. He He's wants he wants to bring back the creator who created both of them. Which yes. which but but in order to do that, he needs to sacrifice all of the people, which might piss the creator off because after all, he create. I I don't know, but keep going. He's got a nationalistic death wish. Yes. I saw this classified somewhere as the Falsy miss their mommy so much that they're going to kill everyone until she comes back. Pretty much. Yeah, but it's a little... When you're you're thinking of these as like eternal godlike creatures, it's probably a little... Uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for here. A little more complicated than that. We should say. Yeah. The the heads of, the head Falsy is just so consumed by his own boredom and wish to, wishing to return to a nicer, happier time far long ago that he's ter- internalized this as a, a massive obsession that will lead to the complete destruction of two planets just because he thinks that's the only way he can get the attention of the being that started it all in the place. Pretty much. Unfortunately, I, the game never does a great job of laying this all out. Yes. Like, I, I, I sincerely think the overarching plot of Final Fantasy Thirteen in the world is very interesting. Unfortunately, yeah. if you want to get to all the interesting bits, you have to work at it yourself, because the game never really shows it to you. Yeah, somebody... Uh, go ahead. Um, that's part of um, why, I was, years ago, I compared it a bit to a novel in layout and design. It's I can see where, if, if you were write, actually writing this out in text... You could expand in different directions more easily, but yeah. forcing a person to play through it linearly, <laughs> according to the path that you've set out, it there's no way to provide a lot of critical information in ways that don't seem even less convenient than what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I think uh, so. Where is I with the in the plot? So they confront this guy and they end up going down to to Pulse, to the world below, which is where the game opens up a bit, and you kind of explore some, like, abandoned settlements down there, and things like that. Which seems like it would have been the time to go into a lot more of the plot, but it never quite does that. And you just eventually... They needed a Pulse-like segment, like around Chapter 3. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They they needed a pulse like segment like somewhere on, and it just mm-hmm. never quite happened. What is it? Chapter four, where you're wandering around after you've crashed a plane. Uh, you're in two groups. You're wandering through machine remnants of, and I think Vanille says at one point, "Oh, looks like the machines built this." And there's absolutely nothing further about that. Wait, the machines built this this little settlement you're wandering through? I want to know more about that. No, it's not going to tell you. Some Sometimes the answers, you know, for a lot of those questions are in that uh, whatever codex or whatever the hell it is. Encyclopedia. Yeah, sometimes you have to actually go find the Final Fantasy thirteen wiki uh, online that somebody has either well, dug this up or made this up or whatever. And sometimes, honestly, it's probably just, like, cool areas they made with it before there was any story or anything. <laughs> And yeah, some of, some of them. it feels like it was used to justify the graphical. Yeah, and lots of those cool areas just look nice. Oh, oh, I, w- I want to look in there. No, no, you can't. The path ends here. You can't go any further. Too bad. Okay, <laughs> can any of you explain to me why these people that are marked by the Lassimines or whatever? Why is it? Falsy. Okay, whatever. Falsies. Um, Falsies. I like that name. They're now Lissy. They were marked by Falsy. It's very simple. There's a very simple difference here. Phil, I don't know why you're having trouble. Yeah, sure. So, okay, but here's the deal, right? So, and you probably mentioned this. I had to go upstairs for a second. But the, 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 the Falsies mark you. And you've got you you got a quest, you've got a vision, right? And if you yeah. fail the vision, you turn into a zombie. But if you succeed the mission, you're rewarded by being turned into crystal instead. Uh, it, it sounds like to me, either way, you're screwed personally. Because um, not turned into crystal, that's incorrect. What's that? So, so is it ice I'm crystal? What does Sarah get turned into? You get frozen in ice, and eventually you do get unfrozen, which is different than being turned into a monster. But 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 you don't know that. Like Sarah, Sarah, when she got turned into a popsicle or whatever, I mean, they they pretty much were well, like, you, "Oh my gosh, she's gone." You don't know it right yeah. there, but two of the characters in your party have in fact gone through it. Okay, okay, two. What? All right. Spoilers. Might we just want to um, mute for a few minutes sometimes? Okay. If you care about spoilers, yeah. Yeah. But we're talking Final Fantasy thirteen spoilers, right? We're talking or are yes. you going further ahead? No. Oh, no, no. Talk, we're talking Final about Fantasy. just this game. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, here, here here's my, my question, Mr. Mr. Two questions, right? Like sure. why? They really okay, so these visions are just kinda like very vague images or dreams or whatever have you. And they spent I stopped playing when they kept saying over and over again they don't know what the hell they're doing and they end up splitting up because they have the same vision but they have no idea what they're doing. So these creatures have given them a quest to do but they're not going to explain it, but they're going to hold a gun to their head and say, if you don't do it, you're going to get turned into a zombie. What kind of mm. plot is that? What, what, what's the explanation? What is the possible plot contrivance they have come up later on that I missed out on to explain that somewhere? I, I don't think I most of I don't think most of the Falsi actually like speak human language. Yeah, oh. it's like the Falsi are like so far above humans in many ways that you can't really connect properly to them. In any form of communication, they but what think the, perfectly clear, and you have absolutely no idea what they're saying. Yeah, okay. like so. So hold on. So so like the the final boss, the main bad guy in this, does like speak and talk to you. But like all the other Falci you see in the game, uh-huh. they don't talk. They never talk to you. It, like especially the Falci that turns turns all of them into the sea does not talk. 
Okay, so what what's the deal with holding a gun to their head and turning them into zombies if they can't clearly do what they were not clearly told to do? Mm, probably some weird thing to do with the magic they get imbued with. I don't uh, know if that's. I don't know if there's any more explanation to it than that. Well, I mean, in in the final chapter, the be- big bad Falsi does just randomly warp other people by flooding them with power. Yeah, not, I mean, he doesn't even really give them a focus or any these guys a focus any or anything. He just takes a bunch of human soldiers and he warps them into monsters. So it could just be the the actual power that they were given will do this if it if they end up going the wrong way. So oh, that, that's comforting. Yeah, that's real comforting. <laughs> so fast forward. So, so basically, basically, the Falci are like these not. I mean, like one step below Lovecraftian horror in terms of you cannot really understand what the hell they're doing. They're it's like um, so alien that you just have to go go with it. Okay. Yeah, and and by the way, the game never does very much with this concept, which would have been really cool to explore. So, yeah. How many people in the past? How many people in the past have actually fulfilled their focus? Is it a a common thing? um, Quite a few. Um, In the game itself, there are two, um, Sarah and one other character who visibly fulfilled their focus on screen. Yeah. And um, I said a couple other characters who previous, I mean, I think even in the first chapter of the prologue, you find this large group of crystallized people, and technically they've all fulfilled their focus, which was to bring attention to this spot. Um, And And again, yeah, and then there's a couple... Two characters who spoilers fulfilled their focus a long, 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 long time ago, and they've just been released from Crystal to try and do it again. So. Well, that's really that's real nice of the fallacy. But 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 we have figured out one power that can break you apparently once you've been turned into a zombie, right? It, it's because it happens towards the end because all the most of the heroes end up becoming these zombies. Uh, because you know, for I guess they didn't fulfill their thing fast enough, or whatever have you. So that's uh, kind of horrific, right? No, I think I think the big bad Palsy boss had something to do with that. He interfered. Oh, in so that that is and that was that explained, or was that just pretty much have to be presumed? Sort of implied, since it happens in the big showdown with him. And then, but then they get turned back to human again. Yes. And what what did the big bad just change him to change him back, or what changed him back? Intervention from a from one or two characters in particular. Who is Jooms still listening in? Because this is massive, massive spoilers. <laughs> I will survive. Okay, okay so oh, you, you don't mind the spoilers at all? By the time I get there, I will probably be perfectly <laughs> capable of judging whether they fit into the narrative or not. <laughs> okay, so we have the. Nil and we have Thang. Uh-huh. And they are not from around here. In fact, they are from, what was it, a thousand years in the past? When when did this happen, Wheels? A thousand sounds about right. It was a, a long, 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 time. long time ago. Wait, um, yeah. so, 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 a, so a thousand years in the past is conveyed in the game or sounding like you come from down under. So That's definitely where they you, come you probably, from. You probably haven't gotten to, this, to the big festival part of the game, have you? The big festival scene? Uh no, snow, um, snow is flying around through the fireworks with Sarah in a cutscene because that seems um, smart. That's just this, snow. <laughs> this particular chapter is the one with Saz and Vanille, and they witness this festival that commemorates the in the victory of the during the big war between Pulse and, and Cocoon. Uh, let's say a thousand years ago, and 
at the height of the battle, there was this great, incredible monster called Ragnarok that was tried to destroy Cocoon, and it, it's very heavily, heavily biased in favor of the Cocoon religion. But Ragnarok itself was Vanille and Fang together. Okay. That was part <laughs> of their focus. They, yeah. they were chosen, they were branded in order to um, go from Pulse to Cocoon to try and, and defeat one of the Falci that was running them up, up there. And, and Vanille got onto that shuttle at the beginning and Fang went up somewhere else just because? No, they were, um, they, they succeeded a thousand years ago. They succeeded and they were um, crystallized. And now they've been called back into service. But they still have the potential to destroy half the planet if they really, really want to. Okay, Vanilla does does a good job of hiding that. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, it has to be the two of them together. Hmm. It's a pair work thing. It's also part of the um, part of the basis for the fan theory that Vanilla and Fang are a are an item. So, okay, yep. So, um, but yeah. So between the two of them, once the Ragnarok is actually activated, they have the they have enough power to unzombify any of the victims of the Falci. Yeah, a- any, all, or somewhere in the middle. Well, any of them that are around. Okay, so it's not some kind of blanket global effect. They have to be close to. Well, I tell you what, speaking of pulse and stuff, I think my head's pulsing after all that. Um, (laughs) Okay, Phil. It's a a Japanese anime plot line. What do you expect? Yeah, you're right. You're right. No, no, you to be to be completely fair. That's how I mean, I've I've watched a a fair amount of, of Japanese anime movies, especially. And some of them, some of the best ones are the ones where the people doing the writing were clearly on crack at the time. Um, (laughs) So this game, this game still makes more sense than Serial Experiment Lane or End of Evangelion. That's that's barely just barely (laughs) barely makes more sense, but it does. So let's uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's dive into the characters, uh, and we can start with everyone's favorite snow. Go. Uh, gosh, it, it sure is fun to see him get punched in the face. It is, isn't, isn't it? it? That was the best part of the. Yeah, yes. that was yes. Uh, <laughs> no, Mister Apps, you you clearly harbor some love for Snow. Please tell us what an awesome yeah. character he is. Tell us about his background. Share the love. Share the snow love. He's a hero. And he talks about that a lot. He really wants to be the hero. Really. Yeah. And hey, who doesn't okay. like the hero, right? I mean, you play the game to play a hero, right? Isn't this the uh, guy uh, you've been dying to no. play? I have and nice things to say about him. He's 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 got a really good voice actor. He does. Troy Baker. And he looks like he ought to be on a snowboard. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And he even has his own damsel in distress that he's trying to save. So. Yep. Sarah! Sarah! And, um, he, yeah, just for the love of Sarah, he founded that, that group of rebels against, against Pulse. I think that was it, right? Against the government. It's a poorly defined cause. I believe, what is it, Nora, uh, something against order, regulation, and, um, I don't remember the rest of it. I, I just I heard it last either. night. I just know that Nora is part of the word for stray cat and stray dog in Japanese. <laughs> so Nora just means strays. They're strays. So well, it, it, it makes it, sense they, that they're not organized at all. They're just kind of 
we don't like what the religious government is doing. We have no idea what we can do about it, but hey, we can shoot stuff. And yeah, they, they do shoot stuff. Lots of it. Yes. They sure do. And Snow just demonstrates that all you need is some super strong fists, and you will stand up against guys with automatic weapons, no problem. <laughs> well, what do, what do you mean? You never take a machine gun to a fist fight. Snow sure doesn't. Saz no, does. No, he, he doesn't. I want Saz's guns, though. <laughs> I mean, oh, seriously, yeah. he's sitting there shooting them at all different angles behind his back over his head. He hits every single time, and then he combines them on the fly to form a shotgun. And then quickly takes him back up. Come on. Tell me that isn't awesome. Oh, it's quite awesome. Well, he is the best character in the game. I I, I would agree on that. He he was my favorite. Uh, Even if he gets saddled with a chocobo living in his hair. I was about to say. That was was part of the charm. But I've I've got to... Do you guys own birds? Yeah. Do you guys own birds? No. Okay. I've got a parakeet and a lovebird and a cage. And let me tell you. Uh, you got to clean that thing out because, you know, <laughs> when a bird sits there for hours at a time, let's just say the bottom of the cage starts taking on a life all its own. I don't even want to know what his scalp looks like. Well, he's a Lassie. He's got magic cleaners. Oh, okay. Well, but, but the Chocobo's so been living in there before he became a Lassie, so he must have been very, very good at cleaning even before that. He must have amazing hair grease. <sighs> Maybe he's got a miniature vacuum in there that just is always positioned at the right angle. But he was fun. He, he's definitely funny. He, he, oh, yeah. He's definitely fun to, to, listen, to listen to. Saz has no time for your sass, all right? <laughs> Oh, you, you know who else doesn't have time? I'm this old man to take a rest. You know who else doesn't have time for sass? Lightning, because she doesn't really do that. Not really. She's really a bit too serious. Yeah. She just she just likes to punch people in the face. Well, when they get, when they first got the vision, because I, I I stopped playing a little bit after that. But wasn't her solution to go and kill off the capital city or something like that? Yeah, she's rather direct. Yeah. Yeah, who, yeah. Who, who cares how many collateral damage, whatever, along the way? Yeah, I, I love the scene showing how she got on the train. Uh, so you don't, you can't get on here. Soldiers aren't being purged. I quit. Okay, get on. <laughs> that was it. That's all it takes. That opening cinematic, though, that was that if I'm saying what I'm thinking of. It, it was pretty cool. I'm sure, oh, the yeah. one I'm thinking of where she's jumping around, shooting the guns, activating electric equipment the whole time. I want that. That's what I want. Holy cow. Hmm. Yeah, their uh, animation department obviously had fun with that. Yeah. Shoot. Well, this game cost how many million dollars, or however many billion yen, if you want to translate? Oh, uh, I guess, uh, let's see here. Final Fantasy. Yeah, I got it pulled up. I don't know if it's got the cost to to make the game, but... uh, Square Enix may not want to share that. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, But two. Uh, You know, so, so she's very stoic. Uh, her voice is very monotone for the most part. I mean, it must have been one of the easier ones to voice act, I swear. Um, she, she's almost like Mr. Spock in a way, except for when she keeps punching Snow. Um, but then again, Snow's so irritating, even Mr. Spock might have punched him, or at least done the Vulcan nerve pinch a few times. Um, so, of course, she, she's the best character to head up, let's say, a sequel later on down the road. Maybe even name one after her, because, I mean, don't do one after Sans, no. do it on her. Do, do we really yourself. need to... <laughs> Do we really need to sequel bait? People know this is going to happen. <laughs> uh, I mean, she definitely needed character development after the end of the game, and some of them did. Um, 
She 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 what with character development? She needs more. Yeah, yeah, she needs a personality. You know, I, I she kind of yeah. does has a personality, but she needs like more. She's she's worse than that. Uh, she's yeah, well, I mean, gosh, no, he had he had he had a passion. The knight, he was kind of stoic in Final Fantasy, forgetting his name. Steiner. Steiner, who was a little too too a little too two dimensional at times, but um, no, nah, I, I think she could she could she could compete with him. Yeah. Who, who else do we have? Hope. Sarah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've got hope. We got hope. No, we don't. Yes, There's no do. hope. No, we, no we hope. can't dump him down the side of the trash compactor. Come no. on, he's cute. <laughs> he's young. Right. He's cute. He's got a big ass boomerang that he pulls out of his back pocket. Have you seen that thing? It just pops out yeah. of there. Well, uh, I will say this: if their goal was to make an annoying kid character, mission accomplished. I was going to say that was his reason to be. Yeah, that's true. Uh, my mommy died. My mommy died, and I can't get over it, but I just can't work up the nerve to talk to the guy who let her fall, so I'm going to pout about it. Uh, okay, I'm going to do it now. No, I still can't do it. Uh, I'll see you in three hours, mister. Then I'll say it. No, I still won't. Uh. <laughs> I, think that, I think that encapsulates his character pretty well. Yeah, yeah. that about sums it up. Oh, and apparently he's supposed to go through some growth spurt when he's with lightning because she lets him take point, which is very intelligent. I would definitely let the the kid who's never fought before take point instead of the trained soldier, wouldn't you? Of course. Well, yeah, because um, what's the uh, what's the old gaming term? Minesweeper. <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's hope. Um, uh, Vanille. Vanille. Speaking of youngsters. Yeah, she's the thousand-year-old youngster. Go figure. Uh, but yeah, she is the purest definition of the Japanese girly girl type. Hey, going back to Hope for a yeah. second, you know who else I would want to take in a sequel? Do we really have to go back to Hope? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I'm just thinking, if Why? characters from this game I really want to take into a sequel later on down the road, I'm thinking Hope is at the top of the list, along with Lightning. I'm sorry, move forward. Uh, Vanille, yes. Okay, wh- what is Vanille's weapon? It looks like... a a yo-yo no it's some kind of slingshot but not a slingshot that just like has a, sl- a bunch of stray threads that bounce around flail? and things flail flail sort of flail Flailish? thing or or um, one of those big and I've seen them in the park they're these kind of yo-yo things kind of gyroscope things that you can flip up in the air and catch on strings and whip them around a lot I have so- no idea what they're called which she just found in the ruins and immediately knew how to use because uh, that thing looks like a great means of killing other things, I Including guess. big, huge well, robots. Well, presumably she was trained to use something like that back in the Old War since, again, she's not from around this time. But it, it is weird. Although, although these are ruins. I You can't see a whole lot of the ruins, but I'm thinking there might have been something a little more appropriate than that weird... Failed cat of nine tails. <laughs> Whatever. All right. She, but, yeah. she finds it and she made it and she uses it and that's the best weapon she can find in the whole game. Good for her. And, and she, she and she definitely talks like and she talks like this all the time because by gum, I guess this is one means of letting everybody know that you're not from around here. If you just stand like from down under all the time. See, I have absolutely no idea what she sounds like in English. I just know that she sounds like a um, random fashion girl from um, Shibuya. I haven't seen a whole now, lot of Fang yet, but I can tell you both of them oh, have pronounced Australian oh, accents. In so, yeah. so Vanilla, whatever her name is, right? 
How now? Yeah. Now she said she's the really the, the age deal. of the youngster body, right? But I mean, yeah. what age does she look like to you? Um. Well, going by again, assuming that she's Japanese, I'd say she's about twenty. Why? She's about twenty in <laughs> Japanese years. Yeah, she looks. Yeah. She uh, looks. She looks like that's about, the, that's about the age where I mean, it's like about nineteen or twenty. They've just graduated from high school. They're finally allowed to actually do something with their hair color it, um, change styles and everything. She is like early, mid-college age Japanese girl. See, so my impression, because I'm not from Japan, uh, American-wise, <laughs> since uh, and our young ladies tend to blossom a little bit earlier, so I'm thinking 16-ish. And then when they all get marked and she shows her mark, which is right up her thigh next to her ass, and she has to show it to everybody. I'm like, oh, no, no, come on. I feel guilty even watching this. Fan service, something. Oh, my gosh. Well, presumably, she already had the mark before then, so she knew exactly where it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, she 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 knew where it was and how to show it all. Oh, yeah, yeah, good times. I'm going to go to prison now. Okay, so I've confessed <laughs> that on the air. Just looking at teeny. Anyways. No, no Phil. You, uh, can't, Phil, you can't get in trouble Phil, for virtual not- jailbait. Uh, okay. All right. It's virtual. That's right. It's legal. Uh, phew. All right. Saved by saved te- technicality. Uh, right. Okay. That leaves Fang. Fang. Again, I have seen very little of Fang so far because she does not show up apparently until chapter nine uh, or so. I didn't get Fang. I didn't get that far. Well, Fang's basic archetype would be Amazonian badass. Oh, she did punch Snow in the face. That was nice. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, bonus points. Fang is entertaining. Yeah. Um, and her relationship with Vanille is kept very vague. I, I know. I know. Sam was always assuming that they were um, lesbians, but that's because I, yeah. Sam assumes everybody possible is lesbian. <laughs> True, and she but, would not dispute that. But this. It, it, it does seem to make a bit more sense with these two. Uh, okay, there. There's our main cast. We've already mentioned Sarah. Um, Sarah, Dad's son, right? Oh, yeah. Dad, is that his son's name? Oh yeah, Zaz's uh, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing we're going to have spend lots of quality flashback time with him. Oh, there will be a moment in a chapter to come pretty soon where you will see the last of him for a while. Okay, bet you he doesn't. Was, I bet you he doesn't yell out his son's name nearly as much as certain people yell out Sarah. Yep, that's that well, is I mean, accurate. The, I mean, most of this, most of the cast in this game are defined by their. What's the right word here? Oh, I can't remember the psychology we're here. Their feelings of loss and resentment. Mm. Gestalt? Is that it? No, not Gestalt. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. They all seem to be defined by, by the various things that they have lost or feel that they have lost, and they have no trouble voicing this anytime, <laughs> anywhere, any situation, appropriate or not. Mm. So. They're very angsty. Incredibly. And it takes a long time for them to kind of come together as a unit. Probably way too long, story-wise. Um, yeah, pacing issues, pacing yeah, issues. Yeah, pacing, pacing, pacing. The only definite villain I've seen so far is um, Sid, who uh, yeah. he has nice hair. Really, all the villains are relevant except for the evil Felsi. Yeah. But I can look forward to fighting them anyway, I'm sure. Yeah. Isn't there a Pope? Hmm? Or, or a Pope-like? Evil-like. Yes, that's the Felsi. Okay. Spoilers. Yeah. So I, I'd say you fight Sid in Chapter 10, right? Right before you go to Grand Pulse, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's the last boss before that. 
well, he seems to be getting along very well with Snow and Fang right now, so obviously something will change. Oh, Naturally. Do you, do you mind the spoilers again? Go for it. Yeah, uh, Sid is under orders to use uh, um, your heroes as a way of create um, to help them along, apparently, but to actually create a false sense of emergency and danger in the general populace so that his bosses can consolidate power more effectively. Okay. That's yeah. actually not bad. Yeah. Also, he's a Lucy. <laughs> so he should have been purged, but hasn't been. No, because his his boss is from Cocoon. Yes. Uh, yes. If you're a, if you're a Lucy by a Cocoon Falsy, then you're you're a cool dude. And how do people know the difference? The marks are different. Yeah. Okay. And also, generally, you are bound by whichever Falsy is actually closest to you at the point when it happens. So it's usually pretty obvious which one did it. Since there are Falsy in the energy production sectors, in the farming sectors, pretty much every single section of Cocoon is run by a central Falsy. Well, it, I shall see just how interesting that is. <laughs> Not as interesting as it could have been because they never go into depth. Yeah. Except in the encyclopedia entries, <laughs> if you can read them. Yeah. Well, I'll say that the text is legible for me right now, uh, but I haven't tried reading the encyclopedia entries yet. Most. But so you're playing on you a know, computer. You can, I am. Yeah. Which comes with its own unique headaches. Mm. Uh. Maybe we should take a break before we dive into the gameplay. We've actually been talking for quite a bit here. Yeah, 40, 46 minutes. So, uh, yeah, let me go ahead and uh, take a break, save this file, because, I mean, I know y'all enjoyed talking about the story so much, but we'd hate to have to do it all. Well, we, maybe you'd like to do it all over again. We love it so much, but we'll be right back. maybe we should start jumping into like gameplay and combat systems. Can we say that the beginning of the of this stinks because there is absolutely no reason to fight these things at the beginning of the game? Mm. Except that they're in your way and you can't get rid of them any other way. And they're X yeah, points, but, experience points, right? Uh, how no, is that not at the beginning than, of the game. How is that different than most Final Fantasy games, though? Most of the battles well, because in Final Fantasy games James are pretty saying, pointless. At the beginning of the game, as he was just saying, at the beginning of the game, you don't even have the mark yet, so you can't get experience points. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about those battles. Yeah, those are pointless. And, and my clock said it took three hours before I was done with those, so that's, that's too long. 
Yeah. I I, ref- I make I cannot accept any reasons that this is necessary. Except Again, for items. Thing issues. Yes, pacing. So, yeah, so speaking of pacing, isn't it nice that you are explicitly told this is how much you can develop until you reach the next plot point? Isn't that nice? Yeah. Yeah, the gated experience thing was re- really annoying. Well, let's let's get the pink elephant of really annoyingness out of the room. Uh, the linearity slash corridor syndrome. So honestly, this, honestly, that never bothered me. You know, it's interesting because, uh, and and I'll actually kind of jump in with you here, apps a little bit. I mean, didn't. I mean, I played. Now, granted, I didn't spend eighty hours in the title. Um, I kind of quit fifteen hours through, mostly because the story lost me. Um, <laughs> I, I might take a stab at it again, thinking of it just as a guy on crack wrote it from Japan. Uh, anywho, uh, but the linearity. So, probably in the early reviews, if there was one criticism I saw universal across the board, it had to do with the linearity and the uh, the corridors. Uh, specifically, most of the critics pointed out that uh, it felt like I don't know, first fifteen, twenty hours or so before I, y'all mentioned it at the point where the game finally really you know kind of opens up uh you're going down what's that or 11 Mm -hmm. you're going down like 11 a lot of corridors going through a lot of you know pre-programmed uh scenes and and the story is directing which characters are in your party which ones aren't for for quite some time before uh before you get the options of who you're going to take with you um things like that so a lot of go ahead apps Another thing, not all that different than most Final Fantasy games. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think I was actually, you know, if, if you dug up, maybe I might have even posted this on the forums or some point because I we had some of our own. I I don't know if it was our forums or other forums I'm thinking about, but there were some people griping early on about it, and I was in there for the first 15 hours, and out of my problems with it, the reason why I wasn't gra- it wasn't that I felt the game was bad, but it wasn't grabbing me, but it was more along the lines of the story and, and trying to understand what the beep was going on. I just finally just like, yeah, I got other games to play. Um, but the linearity was just like, yeah, you're right. My, uh, I personally think that uh, I've played a number of Final Fantasy games that for the first X number of hours, you're very much this character here, this character here, now it's these two characters. What do you think, yeah, uh, I mean, if you, Mike? If you get right down to it, like Final Fantasy X was just about as linear as Final mm-hmm. Fantasy XIII in almost every respect. It just hid it. Yeah. It was better at disguising the fact that there was only really one way to go at any given yeah. point and that you couldn't, I mean, very rarely Barely could you go backwards, at least until you got the airship, and even then you couldn't revisit a lot of areas. It's just that Final Fantasy XIII took a lot of this design aesthetic that already existed in the series, and it focused it down to a pinpoint, and it just became really impossible to ignore. Yeah. I, and I, I then, think... again, compounded by the pacing errors, the pacing problems, yeah. people it, that just made it much more obvious. I, th- I think one way I saw it described that I think kind of puts puts it all in the perspective is the lack of towns. Not that you know there haven't been RPGs without towns. And, you know that's you know that's fine. But the thing is, there's like never any downtime, so you just feel like you're in this endless. You can feel you you can get to the point where you feel like you're just in this endless slog. Uh, so in that respect, uh, I can understand complaining about there being. No town. It's just I, like it feels like an endless trek to nowhere. Well, yeah, and you're 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 basically your save points were were functioning as your town in a way because that's where you did your yeah. shopping and stuff. Exactly. I I just think it was kind of missing like the downtime downtime aspect of uh, towns. And as much as I enjoyed the game, I definitely could feel that at times. Now, it just 
it just felt like there was no natural like stopping stop or break point. Now, I don't necessarily love yeah, mini games for the sake of mini games, but yeah, you you go, you fight a lot, you get a cutscene, you fight some more, you get a cutscene, you fight some more, you get a cutscene. That is the rhythm of thirteen. Is does it ever change? I don't think so. No, I mean you can go to a town, you can go through an urban area, you can be in somebody's apartment, and there will still be an attack. Yeah. <laughs> so, so do you guys? There actually is a scene in an apartment where you have to fight off black ops guys from the sanctum. Now, you, you, you now, uh, uh, let me ask you guys: Do you feel that? Uh, and when you look at reviews, uh, like I said, that one pops up a lot. There are there are some reviewers that I read that were just were were perfectly fine with the with the linearity, especially when you think of it as a JRPG. But but here's the question, guys. Do you think that the number of critics and the backlash to that linearity that did exist uh, and probably still does to to this day with some players, do you feel that that might have been partially because uh, it was a product of its time type of thing? What, I mean, because, I mean, you're talking early PlayStation 3-ish, right? So you're talking a lot of, yeah. you know, open-world RPGs really taking center stage around that time. Do you feel well, that that, was, that, that had was a role? an element of that in there. Yeah. But also, I, I mean... 12 was a lot more open from everything I've seen than 11, I mean 10. Yeah. Oh, unquestionably 12 was more open. Mm, that not, is, yeah. not necessarily a good way, but still. It was going from 12 to 13, especially with how many years between the two? Uh, I think there were four between releases, but I don't know when 13 initially went into development. So, yeah. So let I mean, me... There was a lot of hype and then a big, huge amount of fan whiplash from going from one favorite game to the next favorite game and comparisons to other games on the same platforms and the fact that it was far more obviously railroaded through. Yeah, I think a lot a lot of this you could kind of, if you go and look back at kind of the reaction to Final Fantasy XII, do you, do you all remember like, the, oh, oh, this game plays itself and things like that? Just like I this. Do. This whole reaction to these big Final Fantasy games, where they kind of, uh, I don't know, exaggerate to an extreme. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Final Fantasy VIII has no treasure chests. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, but I think oh, it was Final just Fantasy like Final Fantasy VIII has bigger problems than that. I think it was just kind of like this this self this self fulfilling thing. Like so much was made about the linearity of the game, and yes, it is quite linear. Um, it just feels really linear in spots where you really can't avoid the enemies, so you fight them and then you move along and then here's another mandatory fight and here's another one and here's another one and yeah. there's nothing else to do in between. Yeah. So it just it's yeah. accentuated like, to the point where you can't ignore it. Right. And like we said about the pacing issues with the game, if you go in expecting a game that is very linear to an annoying extreme, that's kind of what you're going to get, at least early on in the game, and... I'm sure that led to a lot of people just disliking the game and giving up on it before they got in very far. And the thing is, if you're expecting high linearity, it's not as annoying then. Yeah. Because you're expecting it. It's when, you, it's when you're wanting the entire game to be like Grand Pulse. Yeah. And it takes how many, what, 25 to 30 hours to get there? Uh, it depends, depends on play style. I, I think I got there in 12 or oh. so. But, I mean, well, it may not have been that, but I think when the combat opens up a bit is when things pick up, like even before you get to Grand Pulse. Oh, yeah, there's the second complaint, is you don't get complete access to all parts of the battle system 
until yeah. the party is together. And this, I think, is one of the most universal, and I'd say uh, definitely valid complaints about the game, is that it's very pokey at opening up the battle system for you. Well, let's 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 a great transition uh, segue to the battle system. But before we yes. before we leave the, uh, you know, at the end, I'm gonna I'm gonna give some um, summary about how the um, how the game was received overall, which most strongly ties into that liter- uh, linearity uh, critique, as I'm going to show you with some quotes. But uh, but it, it does uh, oh, you know speak to the uh, criticism against the game overall. So I'll wait till the okay. end. Before we do this, I have to ask: Am I missing something obvious? I am trying to use these items that let you either what is it, the, the deceptisol, the fortisol. And I'm going into the inventory, and all it lets me do is sift through my inventory. I can't use any of it. What the hell is wrong here? I um, honestly forget. <laughs> me too. I, I remember that almost all the items I ended up with in that game were needed just to enhance equipment. Yeah, there is a lot yeah. of enhancement items that, like, there's no. weird stuff, like crocodile this is in the, tears. This is in the category of potions and whatnot and antidotes and other things that you can only use in battle, but I can't use them in battle. Oh, look, you have to use them before battle. I can't! You I sure? go into the inventory, <laughs> I look at them, it gives me the option of sorting or going to the next page. Oh. And when I hit sort, it lets me shift their order. I can't use them. Maybe you haven't unlocked that part of the game yet. It's like, you have to beat a certain boss before Seriously. you can use... It gave me the tutorial on what these things can do! <laughs> you, haven't, you, haven't unlocked, you haven't unlocked that ability yet, you gotta beat a boss! He's down the Maybe. road, just keep playing, Mike! <laughs> Maybe it's a bug in the PC version. Oh, it might be a bug. Yeah, you have to Google uh, that up. I, I uh, anyways. So let's you know, talk. Speaking a, of the PC version, I, isn't it great when the when the frame rate is really slow and you can see you can count the seconds be, between when something is spoken and when the act the lips on the characters start moving in a cutscene? Isn't that cool? Ooh, that's that's bad. Yeah, that's I pretty. Was like, it says on Steam that I have played this game for 11 hours. The in-game clock has not yet hit 8 hours. That is how delayed... Wow! <laughs> wow. Okay, alright, so... Are you, like, well under the system requirements for that game so or something? We're gonna, we're gonna have a system wrap-up at the end. Save it. I, this computer Save is it. one year old! Mickey, oh, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about... Weird. We'll talk about the PC... Wait, what, let's get through the, the basics. Battle system. Who wants to talk about the battle system? Because you don't want me to talk about the battle system. I can talk about the battle system. Go for it, apps. So the basic idea is you are the facilitator of the flow of combat and not necessarily controlling things at a micro level. Um, so I, you... I remember commenting once that the most important button in the entire battle system is L1. Yes, yes. Or left bumper if you were playing on Xbox 360. Uh, but so the, so the basic idea is you're going to control one character. Um, you can specifically select that character's actions. Uh, but pr- primarily what you're going to be doing is switching, switching the jobs of your party on the fly, uh, depending on situations in battle. And there's a certain number of... Uh, tactical, uh, tactical options. Paradigms, is, I think is the word I'm looking for. All that. Yep. Basically, sets sets of three jobs assigned to the three characters in your party, uh, and you can set up. I think it's like six or so, maybe less, that you can I, switch between. I have read that it is six, but I would not know because I am currently right. a stretch where I only have two people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't actually get all these options until you get ever finally. Yeah. Yeah. Just get, uh, just get access to 
particular jobs or particular paradigms in each chapter. Yeah. So the jobs are kind of your typical Final Fantasy things like think fighter, mage, healer. Um, what were the English names? Because I remember they were completely different. Uh, um, oh, gosh. Okay, there's Ravager. Magician was called a blaster, and the and the person with all the status ailment spells, that was called a jammer in Japanese, yeah. and I have no idea what they were called in English. But I so, like blaster. Comma- Ravager is basically magic. Commandos, regular attacks. Synergist. That's Sab- uh, buffs. Saboteur. Debuffs. Medic. Healer. Um, Sentinel. Sentinel. Guard. Um, Guardian. Guardian, defensive thank you. Type. Yeah, defensive type. Commando, Sentinel, Ravager, Medic, Synergist, Saboteur. Yeah. I forgot one of those. So you can you can come up with six pairings of those three and um, switch like between Legend of Legacy now that I think of it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually played Legend of Legacy. You haven't? Wheel, wheel, Legend of Legacy. Oh my god. For some reason, I'm thinking of uh, Legaya. The guy with the second official game. review of the game on the side. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know what the hell. <laughs> this <laughs> is what Final a... Fantasy 13 does to us, boys and girls. For some Mr. reason, I was Abs- thinking of Legend of Gaia. To, you need to give up your Saga core membership card, I think, right now. If if you thought no, you had to play no, it. No, that's fine. You can't have it. No, no, no. Just blame it on the 13. Blame it on the 13. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so, like I said, like the left bumper L1 button is the one that lets you switch between all these different tactical sets for paradigms, and you have to do it pretty often in any given battle just to adapt to whatever the enemy's doing. Yes, the one important thing about the battle system in this game is that it's generally somewhat difficult. And this is important for the flow of that battle, I think, because when the battle system is at, at its best is when you have to uh, carefully and quickly consider what to change to and yeah. basically react to rapidly changing situations. Yeah, it keeps you involved, which is pretty important, all things considered, because you don't actually have control over two of the characters in your party. Right. So, I mean... It's one of the parts of the game I liked the best was the fact that you, you did have to pay attention and make sure that you chose the right things. Yeah, and the boss battles in this game are pretty lengthy. And mm-hmm. honestly, no exaggeration, I would say some of the, my favorite boss battles in the entire series, just from how intense they can get. Switching around, getting the healing, getting buffs, getting your attacks I, in. It, I remember... It's, it's intense. I, I remember the final boss of this game. I remember actually jumping up and down in excitement because I realized I was finally going to kill the bastard. <laughs> but, but, hey, James, James, pro tip, poison. Seriously, it works. Yeah. That, okay. that is, yeah, the final boss of this game is weak against poison, and that's about the only way you're going to kill it fast enough to make sure that it doesn't start pulling out the instant death attacks. Yeah, that's kind of uh, an interesting aspect about this game is in the boss battles, it doesn't really let you take a defensive approach, which is kind of a plus and a negative. You just uh, whack it until it stops moving, hopefully. Yeah. And then, oh crap, heal, heal, heal. But it's a plus because it really forces you to take full advantage of all the different jobs, but it's a negative because it kind of takes away like one approach that would be nice just to have like an option to take it but basically I think 
I don't know if it's all, but at least most of the bosses in the game will eventually start casting like doom on your characters if you take too long. Yeah. So you, so so you definitely can't take a uh, a. Except in the battles approach. where it specifically tells you that you need to be using a defender. Right. Like uh, that one chapter with Snow and Hope. Yeah. Where you have to have Snow being the defender if you're going to keep Hope alive for any amount of time. Okay, well, Keep hope alive. This, uh, I have gone through yeah. two Eidolon battles at this point. That means there must be four more, right? Yes. Anything I need to be particularly on the lookout for? Well, the last one or two, last, I think the last two don't even happen until Grand Pulse. <laughs> yeah. Hopes, hopes happens because of a severe emotional breakdown from having to be with Snow for too long. <laughs> you know it's what? true. That, it's, that's that's legit. I saw that. Yes. I saw that video. That was hilarious. Yes. That would make me snap uh-huh. too. Yeah, and, and what okay, about Saz? So, Saz, Saz happens. Um, yeah, remember a while back I said that after a certain point in the chapter soon to come, you wouldn't have to worry about Saz's son anymore. Okay, that would be that would be legit. Yep. Mm-hmm. So um, Saz gets. I think it's Ifrit in. That same section of um, cutscenes. Yeah, I believe it's that battle. Yeah, he's not very happy. Uh, And do all of them end with the person who just went through the battle pulling up on a nice new mount, like something pulled out of a Transformers movie? Yeah. I tell you what, guys, I was totally blown away to find out Snows was Shiva. I mean, that just man, I did not see that coming. So let's see. Lightning has Odin. Snow has Shiva. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, Hope has Alexander, I think it was. Yeah, well, that if, makes uh, sense. Faz has Ifrit. Uh, um, Vanil has Hecatoncharis, which was a first for the series. And what what is uh, what does Fang have? Does she have Leviathan or something else? Uh, I honestly don't remember. And that's Thus far, the only one I've had the opportunity to use in a fight is Odin, and I used it once, and it didn't seem necessarily all that much greater than just having even hope there. Is there any reason to uh, revise that stance? Um, they do get more awesome later on, but yeah, a yeah. lot of times they can be very circumstantial in when they are useful. But they're really cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Final yeah, Fantasy. Cool. It's like Final Fantasy Seven. It's like Man, you know, it probably would have been uh, more efficient just to cast Fire 3 or Firago, whatever, but dang, this animation's or, cool. <laughs> or or uh, who was it on the boards who was saying things like, oh, maxing out Knights of the Round four times. For- <laughs> and it's like, I remember getting into an argument with him about, you know, just because you can completely break the game like that does not mean you need Some and people why- like no, I mean, it was like he, he was, uh, in this context, he was trying to argue that it's something that everybody would do. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, do that. Everybody gets oh, cast was, Knights of the Round four times. Was it, was it the game? Right? Yes, it was, in fact. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, y'all sound like you enjoyed the battle system? Oh, yeah. More than anything else in that game. Uh, One of my favorite oh. in the series, even. Oops, okay. I have wrong so, I'm reserving judgment until I get deeper because at this point it's still feeling very autopilot and yeah that's see that's kind of back to the pacing uh, the pacing for that game unlocking the battle system for you is aw- is awful 
Awful. So, yeah. So I, I have to wait how long before all the aspects are available to me? Um, it's going to be a while, but... <laughs> no, hold on. It does progressively... Uh, it, it's not like it's... It, it, you have to wait till one point and then it's good. It progressively gets better as more things are unlocked to you. Uh, I, I know that the next chapter is just Saz and Vanille by themselves, so I doubt I'm going to see it then. It's going to be a while. Yet. I, uh, well, that, yeah. No, I, I like Saz that chapter. His, that's when Saz gets his um, Eidolon. That has yeah. Okay. To be that one. Yeah. I think that's a good chapter, though. Yeah, well, wise. since I haven't started it yet, I can't say. Chapters. But it's still just two characters, so obviously I don't have everything at my fingertips yet. Right, right. Once it gets to the point where you have three characters at a time, which is before everything is opened up, I believe, then things start getting much better. Okay. I will also say that the stupid Steam version, uh, the lag issues are annoying. Sometimes I will click on something I've... and have to make sure that I really clicked on it because the game didn't register it quite yet. Have you, like, adjusted the graphics settings? I know I got it to run decently on my computer, but I not don't remember what I had to do. I'll tweak it again. It, it was so hard just to get it to run it taking up the full... When it wasn't taking up the full screen of my computer, when it was only taking up a window, it would open on my taskbar, and because it's suddenly in game mode, I can't move the mouse over, so the stupid thing was <laughs> that way. <laughs> and of course, it still has no quit option in the game. I have to go into Task Manager and shut it down. They never <laughs> fix that? No! Oh, That's terrible. Every time I need to, I'm done with the game for the night, and I don't feel like leaving my computer on all night, letting Final Fantasy XIII suck it up, I have to go into Task Manager and shut the stupid thing down. Jeez, uh, Square Enix, you bought like a whole, you bought a whole publisher with a bunch of PC, relatively PC-centric developers. Can, is it possible for them to hand this off to someone that knows what they're doing? Probably, Maybe, probably not. Well, um, we know we know the whole trilogy is on Steam now. I'm sure I'll get to see. I'm, I'm sure I'll see how much better the technical aspects of thirteen uh, two are one day. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Just Why skip it. Skip thirteen two. Skip it. Why do you do it to yourself, Mr. Baker? Yeah. Do you remember what I'm going to force myself through in the near future that will be even worse? Oh, what? Look. I'm not going to say it because that would spoil people and probably ushering my misery even sooner. But look what's happening in a few months. Look what I've decided to do myself. So, so it has to do with a certain company that Mr. Absent, Phil, and I have all experienced in great detail. To to fall oh. back to fall idea factory. Ay ay ay. To fall back on the combat system oh, no, for no, a no. second. Hold on. Hold on for a second, Phil. What are you doing with idea factory? Do I have to say it? Yeah, there's, there's a certain series of idea fact. You remember a certain idea factory game I reviewed a couple of years ago that took me months because the stupid thing couldn't be bothered to work regularly on my machine, kept oh, crashing. No, no, you're not. Not, you're not that series. series. No, you can't do that. Why are you going back? That's unhealthy. Uh, obviously, I hate myself and want to die. Uh, whatever. All right, there Phil, are cleaner Phil. ways to commit suicide than... Phil, we, we need to schedule an intervention. Them. ASAP. <sighs> all right, I'm there, sorry. So, we, we've so, just given a, a sneak preview of something that will happen in a few months and will probably occasionally just slip my wrist, whatever. We'll yeah. be uh, detaining right, Mr. Right. Minky after the show. 
uh, for for an intervention. If I work in a building that has five stories, I could go to the top and jump off. Oh, well, that, I will that, say if if it's only if you carry the copy of the game up with you and make sure it lands first. I would have to buy a physical copy. Do it just to be able to destroy it. It, it is it, it uh, been shown my, to be it therapeutic. Would make my end worthwhile. It would send a message throughout the world. Okay. So, so back to the back to the, game. Co- the combat yeah. system for a minute. So let me let me share my perspective as as the old fogey uh, on the team, so to speak. So so, so Zaz uh, fits well with your personality. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, I, I love Zaz. Uh, that that actually he was the highlight of of my experience. Uh, so for 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 me, I I felt particularly uh, f- uh, frustrated. I didn't read enough reviews uh, before I went and bought this game or something. But I, I, for me, you know, the, 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 the combat system was more of a disconnect than anything else. I've played so many Final Fantasies and, and, and of course this, this can quickly devolve into the age old argument of what exactly is a Final Fantasy game. And some people like, uh, like our editor in chief will absolutely hold the line and argue that Final Fantasy is changed. That's the one constant in the series. But for me personally, especially someone who absolutely adored certain like Final Fantasy VI, Final Fantasy IX, Final Fantasy X, um, and 12 felt like a little bit of a departure, but 13 was just jumping off the way in. Yeah, 12 could play itself. It could if you set up all the gambits just right and you were going against weaker enemies. I still had to jump in and control their actions for the most part. And I came to a happy Phil, medium there. Phil, you even if you can, quote-unquote, get it to play itself, you still have to go through all the trouble to set it up to do that. Yeah. In which case... You have played it. You have played it. Yeah. So and, and, that, that whole notion and, is... And I and felt... 12, 12, there is a lot to do, even if you're not necessarily fighting things, you're looking right. around. You're looking around, yeah. So, uh, but but with 12, like in the combat system in 12, yeah, there were still plenty of times where even if they were following my gamuts, I had to jump in, use a potion, do this, tweak that, especially against anything that was, was uh, uh, even moderately difficult. But with, um, uh, but with 13, it, it was like they took five more steps in that, in that direction. And, and I was so used to being able to jump in the middle, pause it or whatever, and, and, and change their orders, you know, change specific orders. If an enemy had a specific weakness, use that specific spell. If I had received a certain status element, using that particular item or spell to get rid of it. Um, and um, uh, and and in this game, everything's going so fast that just to press by the time I press a button, and you can theoretically go in and tell a character specifically what to do, but everything's moving I, so darn fast that if you do, correct I me if I'm wrong, pretty much the whole game. Yeah, how did you keep up? Because everything was going so quick. You just have to get used to where everything is. Oh my gosh! Yeah, um, exactly. But I mean, there's there's a there is a delay until they. Like actually execute those actions, so you do have time. Yeah. So, but but clearly that's not the the design philosophy behind the game. So they don't make that process easy. Like I said, if you're fast enough, you're quick enough. I, well, I, and that could be argued about any Final Fantasy. I mean, in Final Fantasy VI, you know, the the active time bar is filling up. But you, I think you had the option in Final Fantasy VI to have it wait if a if a time bar was filled up and you were in the menus looking at stuff. So you could also, still it also would pause while you were in the item menu or spell menu unless you changed what? that. Yeah. Final yeah. Fantasy yeah. 12. All of, all of the ACB Final Fantasies work that way. Yeah, Final Fantasy 12, I don't recall, but I felt like Final Fantasy 12 went slow enough because the design philosophy was they you they could, knew that the gambit system. In the menus. You could have a pause in the menus. That's so right. I played like that. 
Yeah, but the, the design philosophy in Final Fantasy XII was that the gambits were never designed to be the complete answer to every encounter that you came across in the game. Right. Whereas in thirteen, that's pretty much the design philosophy. The option to interject is there almost as, as a kind of a concession, but that's not the design philosophy. So I just – and it, it, you, you put it very, very uh, succinctly, whatever that word is, succinctly, whatever. You, you put it very succinctly. right. Thank you. Succinctly, when you said the game shifts you from being the – players, the characters, to be in the coach. It's like the difference between playing Madden and playing NFL coach whatever it's called uh, that EA makes where you're the coach of the team and not actually in the game. Um, Sure, but but there's different so, so that for, is true. This is just all opinion. This is this is just completely right, right. feels subjectivity. To, for me it was a disconnect. I just want to say that if you're if you're comparing twelve and thirteen that the battles in those two games are very different because if you look at twelve, um you're wandering through areas, so like the terrain and where enemies are, getting not getting surrounded by things, and kind of like some MMO concepts of like you know pulling off a small number of enemies and things like that are elements of that combat that are very different than combat in in thirteen, which is basically taking your traditional turn-based combat with a line of heroes and a line of enemies against each other and kind of doing that differently so i don't i don't think it's no and i'm not saying it's apples too yeah i'm not saying it's apples to apples i certainly i i I understand i wasn't a huge fan of 12's changes i thought 10 i thought 10 was pretty much the epitome of what the active turn battle system had you know gotten to what's that 10 wasn't it was atb yeah active no it was not oh it was not pure Oh, pure turn-based? turn-based. Okay, yeah. my bad. Yeah. If that, I played it, I played like ATP. It's more common with Atelier <laughs> games than it does with other Final Fantasy games when it comes to how the battles work. Regardless, the active term, the ATB system, I guess I I never differentiate it much from typical turn-based systems because sure. I, I never feel rushed in those games. I guess one person might get two turns if his gauge is filling, especially if he's under a haste spell. Uh, he'll get a couple more turns in Final Fantasy X. I guess you, you get a couple more. Yeah, I, okay. My mind doesn't separate the two. At the end of the day, they're turn-based JRPGs. Sure. 12 obviously takes uh, at least one big step away from that, but it felt like, and I'm not saying it's a step in the exact same direction, but it's in the general vicinity. But it's like way up. For me, it was like a design jump off the deep end. And 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 I think had it been, and you know, you talk about expectations, and we talked about how people expected an open-ended game, and they got disappointed. I, I think where, you know, it's funny. For me, the corridors didn't bother me much because there's been plenty of history of corridor gameplay uh, in Final Fantasy. So I wasn't expecting the same quite open-ended experience I got in 12, especially at the beginning. But for me, I was kind of expecting something that resembled in some way, shape, or form the typical JRPG turn-based system or the active turn battle system or whatever. And instead, I got Coaching Simulator 2000. And so that... that's where my expectations were in the wrong place, and I think if I go back and play it again with my expectations totally changed, had it been called a different game, a different RPG, I would have probably, if you know, my expectations wouldn't have been set, and I probably wouldn't have been disappointed. Sure, and I think that's kind of the trouble with Final Fantasy in general right now is uh, I definitely would agree with uh, Max Storm that Final Fantasy has changed. The problem is that it's more changed than it's ever been, and I think that's hard for a lot of people to get to because it, Final Fantasy has been familiar. Regardless of all the change in the past, the games, a lot of the older games 
feel more familiar to each other than this game feels to its most recent predecessors. And if I can perfectly understand anyone that, you know, was just, just didn't get it or was just, it didn't click for them. Absolutely understand that. So just my, that's just an interesting uh, perspective. But with that being said, I, I agree, you know, in retrospect, you know, definitely a fresh, different take. Uh, you know, on it and maybe ahead of its time because you're seeing, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't we seeing like games like uh, Dragon's Dogma and such where you're having more AI, where, you know, your third party perspective, not again, not exactly the same thing, but it's, uh, it's definitely a lot more open world, but, uh, but you've got two AI controlled compatriots while you're doing your own fighting thing, you know, they're controlled by AI. Sure. So not necessarily the same thing as stratagems and stuff go, but we, you know, we're we're definitely more in a day and age where we're used to having AI controlled, you know, party to some extent. So yeah, I, I think as a lot of things are going more towards uh, uh, not necessarily action, just real time and less turn based. That's definitely the case. Unless you're a hyper dimension and tuning a fan. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Baker. <laughs> I'm just and, and also trying to get the player to identify more with the main character as a stand-in. So uh, it helps bring them in closer to the action. So, yeah. so do you think? Uh, uh, um, so, let's see, we talked about that. We talked about that. I mean, graphics. Oh, I would. There's Wonder- something I've I- noticed. There, there are a few moves which actually have a range of effect. But because things move so quickly, you really can't time it very well to try and take the best advantage of those. Oh, Jims, Jims, there, there's a challenge battle in Grand Pulse. Uh, I think it's an Ochu versus a bunch of li- with a bunch of little other plant things. You can get those things to fly so far with a couple well-timed Firaga spells. It's really hilarious. Sorry. Okay, I don't have anything near that in my arsenal yet, so I'd, right just now I'm just... Wait. I'm just thinking of trying to get everything in the same spot so Lightning can blitz it, and no, she generally can't because they've moved around. Oh no, I, just wait until you get some of the, the third tier spells, and you can you really can have fun with some of the area of effect stuff. It gets really when, fun. When does it let me develop my uh, Crystarium or whatever the hell it is as I like instead of just constantly locking me off and saying, you're done for now, go fight the boss? Grand boss. Uh, pretty yeah. much every time. Um, you've got a limit at the end of every chapter. Yeah. Chapter Chapter 11's got the law. I think Chapter 11 has the largest limit, but yeah, it goes all the way to the end. I would recommend pretending you're. it's just like levels in Final Fantasy IV where you kind of just unlock the spells as you level up, and it'll be less annoying. <laughs> Cause because it, that's, is, that's, that's really all it is. It yeah, just there is nothing resembling a skill fluff. tree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the most you can do is choose which of the paradigms you want to level up, and that's about it. Yep, so. that's, uh, that's pretty much what I've been seeing. And for people who really enjoyed the sphere grid in Final Fantasy X, this was the third big disappointment of the game. So Yeah, yeah it looks like the sphere grid at a, at a first glance, but it sure doesn't feel like it. Oh, it's definitely not. I like the sphere grid, darn it. Mm-hmm. I I, kinda, I like the great the, the sphere the you know Final Fantasy X sphere group. I liked uh, it a lot better than twelve yeah. squares. True. <laughs> I like the squares. I would have liked the squares more had they show me what the beep was on the board without me having to go one square at a time to uncover it or go look up a fact, which is you know you know how much I love looking up facts. The, the, the oh, hey Phil, it was it was better in that version of Final Fantasy twelve we didn't get. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. But um. But yeah, that, the sphere grid was just the perfect example of aesthetic design and practicality. And 
And it actually had some junctions along the way where you had to pay attention in order to get everything. Whereas here, you just keep holding down the button, and eventually you'll get everything if you get the point. Exactly. I mean, the Crystarium looks cool, but you just, yeah, you just keep going. I mean, you can't... Pointless busy work. skip around. You can't manage to cross-class your character by accident or anything. Or not by accident. Uh, um, Yeah, it's there. I guess the one nice thing is that, yes, you can continue to gather Crystarium points even if you can't unlock anything else yet. That was moderately fine. Plus... Um, characters who are not in the current chapter will, I think they do accumulate Crystarian they points. Do. So it's always nice to move to a new chapter and suddenly, oh, okay, I can just max out a couple things on my new car- on the current characters. That's nice. Uh, okay, the weapon enhancement. I I have no idea why some things why this, uh, this severed arm is only giving me a few experience points, but oh gosh, this digital lens is giving me 250. I, I don't know. I I don't think that's meant to be bred into too deeply. It yeah, just, you know, just throw stuff at the weapons and, and yeah. take stuff the will make it real. Yeah. Hey, this one gives me a permanent experience bonus until I reach a new level with the weapon, and then it goes away again. I, wow, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. I'm, I'm trying. Not very well thought out in many ways. Yes. I, I, I blame Spoonie for making me try to think logically about why I'm applying this severed eye from an enemy onto my weapon and hoping that it will help it. Squish, squish. <laughs> squish, squish. Mm. Um, it will somehow magically graft itself onto the scope of your gun to improve your accuracy. Well, and so. Well, that works for Zaz, but. Oh, for lightning? Okay, so let me ask you experts there because I think Spoonie makes uh, – so I did watch the Spoonie video because I didn't get far enough to where I was really looking too far into the upgrades. But he makes uh, he makes a point and it strikes to the core of my concern with a lot of RPGs I play and it goes something like this. So And, and we'll use the weapons as the specific example because that's the game we're talking about. So the problem the problem that he was having was that – you know that the system and stuff isn't isn't very well explained. So you start getting upgrade parts. He starts upgrading his original weapon. Down the road, he finds other weapons. But now he's already invested in the original weapon, whose current stats still excel the new weapon he just picked up. However, maybe he should have saved his parts and put it into the new weapon, which would have had you know better stats in the long run. There's no way to really know this outside of again a fact or a guide. So what was y'all's approach in your upgrades, and, and what, did, what did you find out through playing the game? I couldn't read most of the text involved because it was even smaller than the regular text in this game. Ouch. I just put stuff in, and I used whatever came out. However, the way yep. you phrase that is, the way you phrase this question, my college economics professor would have really loved to work with a question like this because it's the perfect example of opportunity cost. So... Yeah. yeah, do you take the upgrade now or do you save it for for later on? I've always had I've always struggled with those types of games, like early Diablo games where you would make uh choices with your talents and you were locked into them and the only way to reset them was to restart your character from level 1 type of deal. And I'm always afraid I'm going to make the wrong choice, get locked in and find out in the last third of the game or whatever that I should have done a different path and now I can't beat, you know, enemies and bosses towards the end because I'm, you know, I'm at a poor power position. That actually happened to me last spring with the DS guy. So, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's one where I had to admit at the end of the review is I couldn't beat it because I did not have access to any equipment for over level 40. And I was at level 70 at this point. I didn't have any armor that was strong enough to take a hit from the final boss. So, yay. 
Wow. So, uh, what about you, Apps? What was your experience there? Uh, oh, hold on. Weapons got better. Oh, hold on a second, Apps. We're gonna have to put you, put you through the recycling machine here. Getting a little robo apps. It's probably an app for that. But all right, try that again, Mike. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Good. 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 <laughs> so, what did you say about weapons and upgrades? Oh, I just threw stuff at the weapons so the weapons killed better, and that and was you, it. And you yeah. beat the and you beat the game too, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So you don't have to you don't have to be all spazzy about the you don't have to be para- I cause sometimes nowadays because of my bad experience in the past when I get to some of those things you know when I see those things in games I get paralyzed. I, I'm no. serious, but so you don't have to worry about paralyzation here. Just do it. No. And, no. If apps can beat it, anybody can. No, okay. They were very very good about uh, about that. Cool. Like you can't lock yourself into a bad position. Right? All right. So so graphics. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, yeah. holy cow! First impressions on a PlayStation Three, popping that in one of my early PlayStation Three games. Holy my first crap! PlayStation Three. Yep. Just let that let the opening sequence before the menu play, and it's just like, okay. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking at my original impression from 2010 um, here, and I'm like, yeah, the second paragraph is just wow. That's it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I have very vivid memories of just sitting there and watching now. the opening sequence. I'm, I'm getting the memories back now. Sitting in the beanbag chair, I had a bento, had a can of Elixir brand um, soda from Square Enix. It was the upgraded form of potion. <laughs> and they were selling it with Final Fantasy thirteen characters on the cans. So I, I had some ready for this game. Nice. Yeah. I like the I like the designs of the, uh, the characters as well. I, I personally, it's just... I, I just thought they were well until people oh, start oh. showing me their upper thigh, but I, I liked it. Phil, Phil, Not I, the thigh, I, the design. I double checked. I double checked. Vanilla is is officially nineteen years old. Yes. All right. Woohoo! Wow. All right. I'm not a perv. So I, was, I was pretty close on my estimate. Nice. All right. Thank you. I really appreciate that, Mike. Number three. So you don't have to worry about being too dirty, an old man. All right. Yeah, because I'm definitely getting just old. Just dirty enough. Just dirty enough. All right. Fair. All right. Whew. All right. Uh, so I, I thought they were awesome. Okay, music. It, let me ask you: What did you guys think? I, 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 the the battle song and some of that music from just the first dozen hours I play still sticks in my head to that day, to, to today, and that's that's usually pretty good in my books. But what well, did y'all think overall? It's a Square Enix game. They have the money and the inclination yep. to actually hire somebody who can really compose music. So yeah, it's <laughs> nice music. Yeah. Uh, the music for this game is like forever ingrained in my brain, and I mean I mean that in a good way, not a bad way. Yeah. So, is it? Uh, let, we'll we'll get to wrapping this up here and read some uh, read some comments uh, real quick. Um, what are what are y'all's final thoughts on it? Then, good good game, good takeaway. You go back and play it again, or play it through once, and you're done with it. What what are your thoughts there? Well, I, I really should go go back and play it again sometime because it has been about six years, and I never did get all of the trophies. Um, yeah, and, I, need, I want to get a platinum on that game. Yeah, it's, the game's good enough that I am actually considering this. That you're considering a platinum run? Uh, not just or not platinum at all, just playing it again. Yeah, wow. and that that's so saying I, a lot for a, like a sixty-hour RPG. Yeah, so I mean, I I mean, I probably won't, but it's under <laughs> consideration. Which is a lot more than I can say for a lot of games I've played in the last 15 years. Yeah, and I think the main issue for me is, as much as I absolutely enjoyed the game, just going through the early parts again is difficult. And pacing, pacing, pacing. 
Um, so, and I know what's coming, so yeah, I just ignore what everybody is saying and just kill stuff. <laughs> I wish I wish they gave you a new game plus where you could basically have the whole combat system right from the start with difficult enemies and a full party or something. That would have been cool. Them to completely restructure the game at the very beginning. Yeah, wishful thinking. Wishful. Let thinking. me dream. Let me dream. He has a dream. Oh yeah. Give it another, give another fifteen years. Yeah. We haven't seen a remake of Final Fantasy twelve yet. I'm sure that'll happen before thirteen gets any kind of reboot. Yeah. So. Um, uh, yeah. S- 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 oh, Jim, if you're going back to the potions thing, reading through my impression, I make a specific mention about potions in battle. So yeah, it was available from the prologue. I have no idea why you can't use them now. Well, no potions I'm able to use in battle. Oh no, those uh, those deceptisols, those uh, fortisols, things, the sprays that you let you move past enemies without them spotting you or give you buffs when you go to battle. Oh, those things! I never used those. Never mind. I have no idea what they are. Okay. I I believe you have it. Um, I think while you're like walking around, you you have to press a button or something that, to, that to bring it. up a menu. It's something like that. It's not in like the regular menu. It, it may be, oh. yeah. It may be yeah. A, a, a dedicated button. Just just look for like a prompt to press some button or something while you're walking around. Don't remember I, exactly. I don't get that. It's a little weird. I walk, yeah. I walk into enemies and they start fighting me. There's no button that I can press to instant unless. Like I mean, I mean before you run to any enemies or something. Hmm. I I don't remember exactly what it was. I don't think I ever really used those. It sprays. I, I haven't used them yet, but I would like to try them to see what they what their effect is. Wouldn't that be nice? Otherwise, yeah. I just sit in my inventory and I go, oh, well, wouldn't it be nice to start with Brave and Faith and all those wonderful things starting my stats off to a great bang? <laughs> but I guess not, because I can't figure out how to do it. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice to use the sprays? And <laughs> <laughs> I found a game for a game facts thread entitled Sir, um, "Might be a stupid question, but how do you use Fortisol?" Seriously, I have tons of them, but it seems I cannot use them in battle. Apparently, people okay. were having this problem six years back. Okay, I'm not so, the only one, so I don't feel as stupid yeah. now. Hit R one. Um, it's the R one button on PlayStation Three. Or L1. It's one of the shoulder buttons on PlayStation 3. I have no, no idea how you would do it on PC. Uh, are, are I'm, you... using, I'm using a controller, so it's... But, okay, yeah. Okay, uh, try, try one of the shoulder buttons. Yeah, uh, I don't think I've done that, so I'll see what happens. Uh, uh, does it have a controller set up in the options? Like, can you map yes. stuff? So that might, uh, might I'll, be I'll in there. Look. I, I usually just go with the default controls for controller, especially with this word. Just to be safe, is it an Xbox controller? X, yeah. Okay, is. yeah, that, that those normally work ninety nine percent of the time. Prob- it'll probably be the uh, right bumper button. Then, yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, so uh, let me read you read y'all some uh, some uh, little stuff here. Uh, so the, uh, you mentioned. Uh, uh, we mentioned earlier about the some of the criticism and stuff. Although the the battle system got a lot of a lot of praise, um, despite my boohooing it, I'm just an old fogey, and I totally admit that. Um, in fact, I'm, one... I'm unable to really say much about it at this point in the game. Which, considering most games, I would be able to say something solid at eight hours in, but apparently not this one. 
Okay. Uh, one of the websites said, despite the fact that two-thirds of your party's AI-controlled Final Fantasy XIII's battle might be the most involving that the series has ever seen. Um, anywho, uh, so there, there, but there was some criticism, and I think, the, like I mentioned before, a lot of it had to do with linearity. There were some other things as well that popped up uh, on the uh, you know here and there. And uh, after release, director uh, Motomono I don't who I can't pronounce these guys' names. Motomu Toriyama. Thank you. You're awesome. Felt that the lower than expected review scores for the main Final Fantasy series game came from reviewers who approached the game from a Western point of view. Ah, see, you guys told me I need to think of it like a Japanese uh, person. These reviewers were used to games in which the player was given an open world to explore, he said, noting that this expectation contrasted with the vision the team set out to create. He noted that it, quote, becomes very difficult to tell a compelling story when you're given that much freedom. Yoshinori. I I would honestly, I would agree. (laughs) Not to this point of linearity, but... Uh, Yoshi. Phil, did you see that post from Adrian's original review thread that I linked? I, I, I just found it amusing that six years ago there was a guy who wrote in the review thread, uh-huh. I didn't need anyone's review for this to purchase it. I just bought it knowing and trusting Square that they know what they are doing to satisfy me. Uh, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that I, was... I like a lot of Square games, but man... That was probably me until this game. Now, now I read the reviews carefully. I, I do still buy them. I just don't rush out and buy them at $60 anymore, especially since most of them just dropped to $15 um, within three months. Uh, anyways, uh, Yoshi uh, Yoshinori Kitatsi yeah, stated that they, quote, didn't really intend to work within the RPG template, but wanted to create a new game, even a new genre. He stated that, quote, in a lot of senses, Final Fantasy XIII is more like a first-person shooter than an RPG. Ponder that for a moment. Well, between that and Toriyama's comment, it's not a good sign when your first reaction to criticism is, oh, you guys just don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Toriyama, it's definitely a good sign when that is your first reaction to criticism. (laughs) That's true. That's absolutely true. Uh, Toriyami in uh, Kitase later said in July 2011 that the biggest complaints about the game were that it was too linear and that there was not enough interaction between the player and the world, which they described as a lack of towns and minigames compared to previous Final Fantasy games. They also named mm. the amount of time it took to access all the gameplay elements as a common criticism, saying that people interpreted it as a, quote, lengthy tutorial. Um, so yeah. Pacing, pacing, pacing. After the tutorial, yeah. Yoichi. Pacing Square Enix. Pacing. Yoichi uh, added, should Final Fantasy become a new type of game or should Final Fantasy not become a new type of game? That is the question. The customers have different opinions. It's very difficult to determine which way it should go. <laughs> and uh, we kind of saw that lack of direction moving forward. No, I'm just kidding. All it's, right. <laughs> it's not a new type of game. It's just a different type of RPG. My God! Completely different. No, this well, is first-person shooter. It's first-person shooter. First-person shooter. <laughs> I said first-person shooter RPGs and yeah. first-person shooter. Okay, it's not Borderlands. We did it's, not make Borderlands. It's Borderlands. <laughs> I think Square Enix should kick itself for not making Borderlands. <laughs> they were so close to making Borderlands. So close. <laughs> um. All he would have had to do was put Claptrap in here. Yes, that's all it would have taken. Uh, I yeah. had the licensing for that song in the first Borderlands all lined up. So it, it sounds like boys and girls 
it, it sounds like if you haven't tried it, you should definitely go out and try it. But keep an open mind. Keep a, an Eastern point of view on <laughs> Lindsay's goggles on. Don't go in with the Western uh, previous Final Fantasy expectations like Phil did. Um, also, if you got a PlayStation 3, uh, that's the one you want to go with because Mike Mickey says the PC port is a pile of stinking dog dew. So oh, is, come now. Everyone a, loves looking at frame rates that descend into the single digits, don't they? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So is that a good wrap-up, guys? Oh, you, you didn't mention the 360 version, which oh, is or the three terrible s- because it's on three discs. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, on three discs, and if I remember right, there was an obvious difference in the graphics. Ooh, that's a, yeah, Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's like PlayStation 3 version. The graphics were noticeably a little, little bit better. Ah, yeah. So if you have a choice of the PlayStation 3 version, if you can't, then get the Xbox version. Then if you can't do that either, then good luck with the PC version. Yeah. Um, give You'll it, need it. Would you guys say give it... You, give, you give can it, also play it on, uh, what the heck, PS Now? What the heck is their streaming service called? Oh, their streaming service? P- yeah, I think it's yeah. PS Now. I believe it's available on that. So if you don't have a PS3, or Xbox 360, that'd probably be your best you bet over you the PC version. If you don't have a PS3, go out and get one. A lot of great games on it. So Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Alright, well, thank you so much, guys. That was that was very educational for me, and, <laughs> and you've made me a little bit more excited about this than when I came into it, but that's what I get for watching the three-hour Spoonie review first. Um, it's, it's flawed, yeah. but there is a good game, very good game in there. You know what? If, uh, let I will me ask, keep you apprised as I continue. Let me ask you two, uh, real quick, and then we really need to go. Uh, where does this fit, number one, number two, number three, number four, on your Final Fantasy list? Uh, somewhere. Somewhere! Not, not, at, not at the top, not at the bottom, somewhere in the gooey mess in the middle. Uh, yeah. Okay, gooey middle, then. It's the somewhere it's the white above, stuff in the Oreo cookie. Somewhere above seven. Somewhere above seven. Somewhere below six. That's interesting. Oh, 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 well, six definitely is at the top, six. so there's there's yeah. no there's no other place. I definitely put it below five. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. See now, now you said above seven. I'm gonna have to go. I'm definitely gonna have to give this one another shot. Okay, we were gonna. I don't, I don't know if that's actually true. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> so is it true in your eyes? Is it in your Stur- eyes, Michael? <laughs> that it's this is a subjective question. What about in your eyes? Would you say it's better than seven? If you had to go to an island and you could only take seven or thirteen with you, which one would it be? I, I would take seven because there's more to just kind of mess around with when if you're bored. True. Yeah. Okay. But uh, if, if I had to take one and like do, if I had to take one and just for one playthrough, thirteen for sure. Um. Yeah, you know, uh, I always kind of thought that JRPG... A lot of friends will ask me questions who don't know much about video games and ask me the difference between a Western RPG and a JRPG. And a lot of times I'll point to Final... Uh, to me, Final Fantasy VI is, is like the the pinnacle in my mind because I'm old. But uh, I always say that, you know, a Western RPG, give, uh, you know, they're known for their open worlds. You're creating your characters, you, you know, and, and that's how they invest you in. And you just go out and you do your thing in this in, in this sandbox. But for JRPGs, they're there to tell a story. And they're there to pull you into the story, into the plot, into the characters that they have designed. And and I think Final Fantasy, you know, six does that well from the writing to the music to the graphics mm. and the way everything just draws you into the experience that by the end, you know, when the end was uh, was was being played out, I was in tears. That to me is the true hallmark of a great JRPG that I care so much about the story and the characters that when it's over, I'm either crying with happiness or sadness or whatever, depending on, you know, what the ending it had to be that emotionally vested. Would you say sure. Final Fantasy thirteen does that for you? It, it does. Well. 
Yeah, it, the thing is, it does, but the game didn't make that easy. I mean, because well, of be, because well, of the issues we talked about, like needing the encyclopedia to understand a lot of things and pacing issues. But at the end of the game, I did care about the characters and what had ha- what happened to them at the end, which is which is probably why I had such an angry reaction to its sequel. Oh, jeez. How about how about hope? <laughs> um, even hope. Be- even hope. How yeah. about how about you, Baker? What's your answer to that question? Well, I mean, like I mentioned before, I've I've got two really strong memories associated with this game. One is at the very beginning, which is harshly chronicled in my impression for the game from 2010, and the other one is where I was just jumping up and down at the beating the final boss and was just so excited. So I started the game really excited, ended the game really excited. I had, had I'm not quite sure how many dozen hours in between those two points. Mm-hmm. where I was not quite as excited at various things, but yeah. it, it began on a high note, it ended on a high note. I just wish it could have held up a little better in between. Okay, fair enough. All right, well, that's a great way to wrap this one up. Uh, we're going to take another break, and we'll come back to wrap this one up with the final lap. This is the final lap. We read your comments. We just talk about what we're playing and talk about the website and all kinds of other crap. Um, boy. So. Well, we um, already have a few comments considering I only, that one only got up a couple days ago. Yeah, yeah. We we just I just posted or I just edited over the the uh, last episode number one fifty eight over the border where we talked about uh, Borderlands two and oh, so last episode was. Oh, for their dragon, dragon, age. Dragon, age, dragon Age. It all blends together. This is what happens when you try to do college and everything else. Right, trust the Dragon Age. Right, right. Um, dragon Age. Oh, it said the podcast cut out. Uh, do I need to go edit again? Does something happen? Uh, maybe. Oh, wait. Didn't my power go out near the end of it? I think it did. Ooh, I'll have to and go I, check. And I cut out. Yeah, I'll have to go look. I remember reading that earlier, but I was at work and I totally forgot. You know, I'm at home. I can pull up the. Uh, I still got the original files, uh, so I keep the original files for a few months just in case somebody points out something like that. So I'll go and see. Instead, it cut out early just as I start talking about the Deadly Tower of Monsters, which was the best part of that part. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I'll go and see what I can do about that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Woa, the madness says Woa. Just got to the final lap again. I hope I didn't offend anyone with my comment on last uh, bad track. Realized it's been a thing, but I wasn't really angry or insulting or anything. Uh, no, actually, uh, madness. Uh, no, you didn't really insult us. I understand Scott has a very frontal approach way of addressing things that are brought to his attention. So that's not him. No, 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 no. We love the comments. Um, so, by all means. I think that was the single largest comment we've ever gotten. On it was very track. large, though. It, it was. No, but we didn't walk... I didn't walk away uh, upset. I think um, Scott... No, I don't, I don't recall you launching into huge verbal fuselets. What the hell were you talking about? You morons, get it right. I don't recall any kind of that tone. 
No, usually when I do, half the time it's joking. Uh, so, I, and but I know Scott. I know Scott kind of went off on that a little bit, uh, if I recall correctly. But that's just that's just the way Scott addresses things that uh, that uh, he feels that are wrong. But we're talking about opinions, so there really is no right or wrong. Let's just say opinions he doesn't agree with. Wheels is like I, sighing, I, like yeah. <laughs> I, I gather yeah. we, I gather we should never bring up Shadowrun in Scott's presence unless we want to really set him off. <laughs> or if we find a way of, or if we find a way of creating a rant-based electrical energy, he might be able to power half of Toronto. I think maybe even more. I was going to say the Eastern Power Grid, but sure, yeah. I guess um, it depends on how hard a day at work he's had. Yep. So. um uh, so yeah, look forward to more more comments on that show as time actually gets some time to be up on there. People actually have time to to, to listen to it. That's always a good thing. So yeah, uh, let's see. One sixty one is our next show. Paths of Glory. Going to be talking about the Quest for Glory series. Uh, so that'll be awesome and exciting. See, see, remember how I stopped you two from talking about Quest for Glory a few months ago because we were going to have a chance. Oh, this hey. is that chance. <laughs> Hey, yeah, you know, is that the is that the one that has um, Quest for Glory? Was that uh, King's? No, not King's Quest. It was Sierra Online, yeah. But was it? it didn't have a different name before. It was Quest for Glory. It was called Heroes, something. It had a copyright. Heroes, Heroes Quest. Quest. The original. Right, but right. I played Heroes had, Quest. But then they didn't register the trademark or something, and somebody else grabbed it, so they had mm. to change. the Ah, uh, well, let me tell you about Heroes Quest. It's a really. Odd, I'm just kidding. So yeah, we'll be talking about that next week. Uh, so you want to want to check that out? Oh, and let's see here. What else can we talk about, Mister Apps? What have you been doing lately? Playing anything fun? Doing any reviews? Playing Destiny. Okay, that's new. That's that's not new for that's you. That's not, not new, new for you. That's yeah, that's true. That's not really exciting me here. I reviewed <laughs> I reviewed Disgaea Five, and there were a lot of oh. comments about that. Oh, did you? I saw that. Did Boy, I miss that? There are, there are a fair I'll number. People took that personally. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that review. I must have missed it. Oh, what the heck? How long ago did that go up? It's not... Yeah, it's uh, not on the list. January? Dis- early January? Now I have to search for it with our crappy search engine. <laughs> it's scale 5. Oh, there we go. It actually, it actually popped up for once. Oh, a two-point. Holy cow. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm piss and moan on these forums, man. This is ridiculous. I've never played the game, but you can't give it to Ski a game 2.5. Who the hell do you think you are? Man. I'm yeah, not even going to read this review. I've played every Disgaea game. Give one a lesser score because it might, in fact, not be as good as every other Disgaea game would have led him to believe. Okay, you know what? I don't even need to read this review. I saw the score. I'm done. I'm writing a two-page rant about this on the forums later tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I... Do you know what, people? Do you know Do you know who would have liked to be able to give that game a 5.0? Right here, raising my hand. But I did not have fun with that game. I did not have very much fun with that game. And, yeah... Okay, well, I'm just going to point out that you are completely and categorically wrong because Metacritic <laughs> gives it an 8.0, and everyone knows Metacritic is right all the time. So That's infallible. Infallible. Mm. Well, I will ask you this, Phil. How many other websites require people to finish a game before they write a review? Uh, about uh, 0.3%. Yes. And do you know what my rating may have been after, say, playing... 10 hours? 
playing, yeah, same like 10 hours, like maybe a lot of these reviewers played, it probably would have been a lot higher. But as it turns out, yeah, they made this game much longer than all the other Disgaea games. And in doing so, they turned the map design into a bunch of cookie-cutter nonsense. And it basically ruined the game. Okay, you know what? I almost bought into that argument for for a split second. You had me on the precipice of falling on your side of the line here. But then I looked up IGN's review, and they gave it an 8.7. So, clearly... An 8.7 out of 10 from IGN is the equivalent of, what, a 2.5 from us? Oh, that's true. I guess you're right. Yeah, I guess you put it that way. Yeah, so uh, what other controversial things have you done lately? Um... I played the played in the closed beta of Tom Clancy's The Division, which I should have an impression article up for relatively soon. Wait, wait, wait! How uh, how in the hell does anything called Tom Clancy work with our website? What what the hell? It's because, an R- RP Phil, gamer. It's an RPG. What? It's Tom Clancy. Shoot things. They die. It's, well, did you know that we already have a review of a Tom Clancy game on the website? I was going to say, I remember that most. Oh, Tactical Recon on the 3DS is a, is a tactical, but it says tactical in the name, so that's the exception. Doesn't Division. Ghost Recon Shadow Wars. There's no tactical in the name. Oh, there isn't? I'm making up my own names again? <laughs> yep, yep. You sure that wasn't a subtitle or something came up on the splash screen or nope, something? Nope, nope. <laughs> oh, your, your wishful film doesn't work again, Phil. I need to drink more beer. Um, because I should be. Have you had so far? None. That's the sad thing. <laughs> oh, I was gonna uh, say, oh, that's it, the problem. It, okay, you're off your game. Much, too much or not enough? Yeah, geez. somewhere in that area. Ta- so, is this really a a tactical game or something? It's it's an it's not a tactical game. It's a third person shooter. But think uh, Mass Effect Two because that's really what I, I felt like when I was playing it. As far as far as the combat goes, not. It doesn't really have any story decisions or anything Mass Effect like that, but mm. it's it's like uh, your typical cover-based shooter uh, with with a lot of RPG mechanics. Like um, your guns have accuracy ratings, which will affect getting critical hits and things like that. Uh, you can equip two different skills at a time. Like uh, one of the ones I use a lot was basically you get a riot shield, and you know these skills. Operate on you know your typical RPG skill cooldown, which is cool. So I have an infinite supply of riot shields, which is great. So I did die a lot in the in the beta, um, but yeah, it's um, it's kind of designed a lot like Destiny, in that you're in a constant search for better loot, and uh, you know there's like dozens upon dozens of different guns with different perks and armor with different attribute bonuses and things like that to like kind of play around with how your character plays and uh there's no there's no uh character classes but there's a bunch of different skills you can unlock and since you can only have two equipped at a time you know there's a lot of different play styles you can use and the combat really felt more like an rpg than just a shooter because like i said your guns and stuff have accuracy ratings so you know you can can be the best shooter, but if you got a gun with poor accuracy and poor stability, it's gonna like bounce all over the place, and you're not gonna be able to hit anything very well. So, uh, very weird to see a Tom Clancy RPG, but it is. I definitely had a lot of fun with it. Um, uh, so we'll see how the full game turns out. 
got a very interesting PV, PvP mechanic. Hmm. Um, which I can talk about for a minute. So basically, there's like this whole there's so the whole the whole game has you exploring like uh, New York after a uh, um, what is it like an engineered virus has basically taken down the government of the United States. So you're kind of in like it's a it's like biohazard on plants again or on Resident Evil. Uh, without the zombies. So there's no zombies, just like ah. the virus. The virus doesn't turn people into zombies, it just kills them. So kind of like the country has fallen apart, essentially. So you're... The first thing you think of when you say bioengineered plague weapon is zombies. Sh- sure. But so you, so the whole idea is that, you know, you're all of the player characters are members of the division, like the secret organization designed to help restore order and whatnot and whatever. The story is kind of weird. Uh, but you're basically exploring... Wait, you, it's, a, so, it's a Tom Clancy-based story, so is there a vast international conspiracy with a whole lot of names? Um, probably. Okay. Most of them are dead because of the virus. Were any of them terrorists? Probably. Okay. <laughs> probably, yeah. And, are, and are, is... How many secret shadow ops people of the U.S. government's uh, NSA and whatnot organizations are you dealing with? Um, probably all. That's all the player characters. Okay, I, I'm just and, yeah. If, if it's got Tom Clancy on the box, then I'm figuring we're gonna have a lot of those. Yeah, and there's probably there wasn't a whole lot of story in the beta, so yeah, there's probably a lot of that in the final game. Uh, but so the PvP element in this game is it's like this super lawless zone, I would say. Where like your your comms equipment doesn't even work, so kind of can't talk to any of the NPCs or anything like that. But basically, the whole idea is in this area, there's more powerful enemies that drop great loot, and you know we can go in there and wander around and try and extract this loot. And other players, other players will appear as friendly, but at any time they can decide I'm going to murder you and take your stuff. <laughs> oh, and, nice. And so there's, like, pros and cons for doing this, and obviously uh, you kind of get marked so that other non-jerky players can see you and kill you and punish you, for, punish you for doing so, but the rewards for killing other players can be very great. So, And the interesting part here is you can go into this place as, like, a party of four, and your whole party can, like, go rogue. So there's probably going to be a lot of interesting mechanics and it's going to be probably very dangerous and yet very interesting to wander into this area. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing how that turns out because in the beta, uh, it was basically pretty empty. Like, not many enemy spawns, hard to find many players. Um, and I'm assuming this first beta was probably a, mostly to test, like, server load and things like that. So they've got an open beta coming up, so I'm hoping that uh, it won't feel so sparse then. So... It's a very interesting game. I don't know how the whole thing is going to turn out and like how the end game and everything work or if it'll have the legs of something like Destiny. But at the very least, I went from being only partially interested in the game to definitely buying it day one. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Well, there you go. Yeah. So you're saying that it's slightly better than Disgaea 5? Uh, yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. That's, that's without, without a doubt. All right. 
I had, I had more fun in a few hours of the beta than I did in probably most of Disgaea 5's battles. <laughs> and, and, this is, and, and remember, this is from a big fan of the Disgaea series. I love these games. Yeah, no, I... You know, I I can say I mean I haven't played five yet, but I I, I don't know about most people, but for me, Disgaea games, cert, especially certain certain ones of them, um, have always been on on there's that word precipice again. I've always been on the precipice of just being fun to frustration. You know, frustratingly, you know, like you know, some of them are too puzzly, or you start seeing the you know, or some of them aren't don't have enough variety, and you feel like you're just going on a sure. treadmill. So. You know, especially when you describe that item world to me, we had that conversation. I think a couple of podcasts yeah. before, where the, I remember you painting this picture that they just took ninety percent of the fun out of item world. Well, I think a lot of a lot of what they may have been trying to do, and I, you know, I don't really know. Um, it may have just been a case that they made a longer game, so they had to kind of cut back on how much time they spent on level design, or it mm-hmm. could have been that they were trying to make it feel less puzzly. I'm not really sure. All I know is that I, I remember. I, I remember two years ago at TGS, the president of Nipponichi said that he was that they were trying to make the game more accessible. Okay. To other fans, so this may have been a side effect of that. No. Could be, hmm. and I I could see some of this coming in uh, D two, which started off with much simpler levels, but ended with like a lot of the fun stuff. Just like not necessarily the puzzle levels that I don't think you like as much phil but just like the levels where you have to, where there's like huge gaps and you kind of have to strategize how you throw characters across and things like that like you I, know. Bar- I barely used throwing in disgaea 5 and that's a major feature of the series yeah i mean i'll, I'll be the first to say i'm not a huge fan of puzzles because i feel like if for some reason the player can't figure it out they've hit a roadblock uh that can be very detrimental very quickly to the experience but with that being said this guy as combat system in and of itself isn't super super deep and it's it's predicated on you doing some grinding to get where you need to be at towards the end of the game so the puzzles that are in the disgaea games need to be there just to spice it up and i mean i I, i've hit i've played one through four now and i've hit a couple of roadblocks that made me stop and think really hard or i I can't remember if i ever actually had to hit up an faq but uh, i i will say that you're right i mean if you if you don't have them at all i think it definitely be more detrimental because yeah yeah not even not even necessarily puzzly just doing cool things with like the geo blocks like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh here's a bunch of like instant death panels that you stop on you know that's not really puzzly just something you have to consider and work with well item worlds were the best because they had those those geo blocks and, Ex- and yeah exactly and and those and you didn't really have to figure out a you didn't have to figure out a puzzle to beat the game in item world but if you did it was bonus because you could complete um uh, you know harder item world levels if you did take the time to figure some of those guys out yeah. so it, i like those puzzles that are optional that give you bonuses or in this case help you clear more items of level world which is in and of itself an optional way to power up your characters that was fabulous no and it absolutely made it more uh, appealing uh, yeah, yeah, without without those, uh, there's been times where I've gone through item worlds, and uh, I don't know if it's this guy of four or whatever, but I remember hitting a bunch of boards in a row that had no geo blocks or very few. And yeah, you're yeah. right, it gets boring very quickly. And on in in Disgaea five levels in the item world with no geo blocks, very common. Yeah, uh, with with little to no geo blocks, extremely common. Mm. And you know, I'm just thinking back to some other past Disgaea's like four where you had this whole weird chapter where all the enemies were Axel. 
just like funny things like that with uh, playing with the mm-hmm. level design. Just mm-hmm. not not in this game. Mm, okay. Well, and, uh, and maybe 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 most people that play these games don't play it like that and just kind of grind it out. And I don't know, but I don't. And this, uh, I don't. And yeah, the the levels in this game were just completely ruined the experience for me. That's that's yeah, that's a shame. A real, you know, it, I it, I could see that. And the worst part is, I loved the story. And that couldn't even like the story wasn't drawing couldn't couldn't yeah couldn't be enough to pull you through that mediocrity. Well, I mean, it, it was enough that I didn't just say, "Okay, forget this. I'm not even going to finish this game." Well, you had to for review. You mentioned that earlier. Uh, I mean, I have quick games that I just hated before, and I, honestly, if 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 I didn't like the story in this game, I probably would just said, "I'm I'm sorry, Mac. Find somebody else to finish this game. I'm done." <laughs> That, that was the, that was the only thing that forced me to play through it. Oh boy! Like I, I I've played I've played enough. Uh, I forced myself through enough bad games, and none were as long as this one. So I don't I don't think I could force myself through an eighty hour game that I wasn't enjoying. Mm-hmm. Thirty, forty ish, yeah. Fifty, even sure. Eighty, no way. Oof. Yeah. Um. So how about you, Mr. Baker? Yeah. What are you doing lately? Well, I just finished up a review for a, a little DS game I finished about two weeks ago called uh, Net Ghost Pipopa, which is cute and really easy. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to decide on what to play next because um, I've, I've been batting pretty poorly lately on my choices. Aww. Hey, I know another run through Final Fantasy Thirteen. There you go. <laughs> oh, no, I was talking about for portable for my ah, portable. My I mean, the last four portable games I played were turned out to. I mean, none of them were above a two point five. On my have you played? We don't have a review for Blood of Bahamut, do we? Oh, no, I don't have. I don't own that one either. But I'm, I'll think about, <laughs> about it. I mean, I, I haven't heard necessarily great things, but it's probably really cheap by now. You could at least sample it. Uh, about. 400 yen, I think, last time I saw it. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's that's uh, less than you would pay for a decent lunch, right? Yeah. So, so. E- easy impulse buy if you're in the mood. Yeah, well, I've, I've currently got a stack of easy impulse buys sitting right next to me. Oh, okay. So, I mean, yeah, I've got... Oh, d- just for fun, I've got the Dengeki uh, Publishers RPG Cross of Venus. It's the one where they had, like... Eight different light novel characters in a crossover game, and, and I've got White Comic, which is um, weekly Shonen Sunday and Shonen Magazine's comics from the last, I'd say, about thirty years. All of them having cameos in this RPG. Um, it, I, I looked in the manual for this and looked at the the copyright page. The copyright page has is an entire page. It almost goes on to a second page. Three columns, small print. We've got like 82 different copyrights here. Kind wow. of fun. Yep. And then I've got two different Super Robot Wars related titles. Ooh. Um, so, Jims, Jims, did you ever review um, Masokiji um, and the Lord of Elemental? I did not. And I understand. Okay. There's the original, which was remade for DS, and then that was ported to PSP. Yep. And then it got a sequel, or two sequels, which were also on PSP, right? Yes. 
Okay. Well, I've got the DS one in my hand. Okay. The one, the first one to actually be called Super Robot Wars OG, because the original one actually predates the OG saga. Yeah, the original yeah. is from the Super Famicom era. Yep. I actually own a copy of that game. Yep. And then I've got a copy here of Super Robo Gakuen, which is basically Super Robot Wars if you turned it into a high school drama. <laughs> you I'm know not... what? That's that's not too far fetched. Not too far fetched at all. And I don't recognize all of the all of the robots here, but I see at least two Gundams, Voltron, Zoids, and that looks like an old like a variation of a Zaku from one of the later Gundam games. Gundam series. Yeah, but I definitely recognize Voltron here. All five lions. Yep. And oh, then Voltron. somewhere else around here, somewhere else around here, I've got a 3DS game called um, Hamatora, which is a, it's another anime spinoff, which I think we'll wait for later because I've just been through three anime sp- spinoffs in a row. I'm kind of like, no, no, thank you. Hmm. How about uh, you, Mister Minky? Well, let's see here. I put up a review yesterday for something called Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. Ooh. Well, it's Mario, it's Luigi, it's Paper Jam. So, I mean, that sounds like awesome. Be careful putting the Paper Jam on your bread, Phil. I understand it Mm. will, it's the wrong kind of fiber. (laughs) Fiber. If you're that desperate, then go for it. I need fiber. It helps to get the (laughs) bowels moving, if you know what I mean. Um, kind of fiber might just jam them up a bit more. I enjoyed it on balance. I This is the fifth Mario & Luigi game. I don't think it's technically the fifth Paper Mario game because it clearly takes place in the Mario & Luigi world, but whatever. Uh, you know, I can't go into it too much without just going over, hey, look, it's Bowser. Do you know what Bowser's doing? He's kidnapping Peach. What are, you do- what are the odds? And when Peach actually starts to talk about it, I, I just get so tired of having to yell, save me, Mario! I think the game's trying to have an, a self-aware script, but it just kind of stops in the middle. But, you know, it's a Mario script. You, you just can't expect too much. Yeah. The, the one thing I liked was that it actually started to try and give characters to the Koopalings, who we don't see very much, but I always liked them. I, I, mean, I, they're always, not... I always just imagined them with the same character that they had during the Super Mario <laughs> Brothers Saturday morning show minutes ago. <laughs> Which I barely remember. I know, I watched a few I of those, but then... I remember random things like the pink Koopaling girl being a huge fan of Millie Vanilli. <laughs> I'm not joking. She actually has King Koopa kidnap Millie Vanilli so that they can ha- give her a private concert. Oh, that is so 90s. Mm-hmm. 80s, 80s, because, I mean, this Late is... Or Millie Vanilli got busted for lip syncing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think she does not mention Millie Vanilli at all in this game. I can't imagine why. Can you? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, but you do get to fight her and Roy a couple of times, and you get to fight Ludwig and who was he? Who was he fighting with? Ludwig and Lemmy, I think. No. And then near the end, you get to fight uh, Larry, Iggy, and Morton all in a group. Mm-hmm. It, so just by giving them actual character attempts at personality and unique dialogue, that puts it above any other Mario game, I think. I could be wrong there, but the Koopalings don't show up much, and they certainly don't talk when they do show up. Um, and Yeah, there's a there's a plot thread about the paper Bowser and the 3D Bowser. Oh, gosh. I really don't like that guy, but he's almost as strong as me. What am I going to do about it? Uh, that's just the end. Whatever. 
you're, you're playing it because... Uh, really, if you've played any of these games before and you like them, you will probably enjoy this one. I'll, I'm fairly safe in saying that. I don't like the, the replacement for... Instead of giant Bowser or giant Luigi battles like in the last couple of Mario and Luigi's, now we get papercraft fights, which are more slower and against multiple enemies, and they're not dual, so you have to constantly adjust the camera to see what the heck you're doing, and you have to recharge the stupid thing by doing a rhythm game all the time, and you know, they're, they're not bad, but compared to the duels, they're just not as good. Anyway, uh, I have also been playing some Borderlands, the pre-sequel. Nice. Yeah, uh, odds were good after my previous Borderlands experience that I would enjoy this one too, and you know what? The odds were right. Even if I can't help but notice... Did you notice this, Mr. Apps? The 2K Australia developed this game? Would you ever have guessed? No. What else have they done? I'm trying to remember. I'm mostly thinking of all the NPCs who don't show up in other Borderlands games, but they definitely sound like they're from Dan Enda all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, mate. It looks like you're looking for a gun. I can definitely help you with that. Um... And the the mission where a guy attempts to land the ultimate slam dunk in history and le- launches himself right off of the moon's thin gravity that was amazing. <laughs> the writing's the writing's very amazing. Uh, that's that's a pretty that's constant across this series. Yeah, and, I would say um, I was a little disappointed with the writing in the original, uh, which which was why I was so surprised when two writing was just so entertaining. I liked the character, the NPCs in the original. That was yeah, they about were, it, though. Yeah. There really wasn't much of a plot in the original. Just, here, go find the vault. That's it. Yeah. Uh, have we been, last, I don't think we had mentioned that I had uh, finally gotten up a review of the Dwarf Run last time we recorded, so there's that. I was not thrilled with the game, but it's definitely not really for me. But I can appreciate what it was trying to do. It's definitely set in the older PC style of RPG, which generally means that you need to look around and click on every possible thing that you can interact with in a room, and then you probably have to come back to that and use it for a puzzle later. Yeah, I I also appreciate how, frankly, bizarre it gets near the end. With a title like The Dwarf Run and a quartet of guys running through a mountain in search of treasure, I did not expect aliens to pop up at the end. And the final fight's to be in a flying saucer, but, well, a spacecraft, but that's what you get. That's a, that's a, another, well, I guess you had, there's a couple, meh, I can't think of any off the top of my head. But that's kind of definitely a, a PC RPG thing, like Wizardry and uh, Ultima were kind of big into weaving sci-fi elements into their fantasy RPG and it would and I know in Wizardry games especially it would be the beginning would be pure fantasy but the further you went on the more those elements would would get, introduce themselves and it wasn't unusual to be in, by the end of it to be in a flying spaceship with half your characters aren't with laser rifles <laughs> while casting magic missile and cure, cure spells and it's it's an interesting combat system too it's actually kind of tactical in the no battle ever repeats and most of them you do have to fight and position matters and but there's also a point at which I just get sick of having to rest because I've attacked too many times in a row and now I'm missing 90% of the time so I've got to rest in order to let my accurate get back up uh, anyway I wrote the review nobody has commented on it but uh, well if, I, if, you, if you said it was Square Enix's dwarf run <laughs> I bet you that would do it <laughs> But I don't. I don't want to take away from Alexander Mertzvelli, the the developer of this, because he 
for a single guy, mostly. I mean, there are other people in the credits, but he's definitely the brains behind it. He did a good job, although he definitely needs to go through the script again because his uh, there are some turns of phrase that just don't quite make sense because he's not a native English speaker and they do not make sense in anything like the usual Japanese ways. No, no. He's from Poland, I believe. I, I'm, I'm looking at one of the screenshots in your review here and it's, you know, it's got the tactical layout and the guy's shooting a fireball or something at one of the goblins or whatever have you, but it's got text describing what's happening and it says Legionnaire shoots Lonar and hits for 2.8 points of, what the hell is 2.8 points of damage? <laughs> what the hell 2.8 points of damage? It's either two or three people. Come on. Phil, obviously you are wrong. Decimal damage. Near the end, I was fighting lots of... I was fighting aliens who were taking 0.1 damage with my shots. Oh, get out. No, that is what they were taking. I I was interested until I... No, I was interested for uh, briefly when you mentioned tactical, old school. Then I saw point damage. We talked about this when I was new on it. You were were turned off by the fact that you have to check around a lot and make sure that you grabbed everything to be sure that you can get along. Well, well, this time it's the decimal point system. You don't have decimal (laughs) damage. No. Stop it. Especially when it only displays hit points in whole numbers on the screen. (laughs) Uh... Stop it, boys and girls. Okay, I, I can't stand... There's two things I can't stand. One is decimal point damage. The other one, and this goes against Final Fantasy XIII, uh, but the other one is like 5,228 points of hit points. Whatever. Just come on, guys. Just keep the numbers simple. Well, Final Fantasy XIII also has, you know, those nice, friendly HP bars. That helps. So you don't really, you don't really have to pay attention, pay attention to the numbers. numbers. Hey, you know, the numbers all. are just they're just there to look pretty. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like a Diablo. They they stopped listed the whole number. They just put K and M at the end now. What do you think of the the compile heart game Trillion? Oh, I saw that, and then I saw it was compile hearts, and I moved on. No, well, that just... it's made by a lot of the old, um, a lot of the old Disgaea group. Uh. Yeah, we we may we may start seeing some increased quality from them because uh. apparently yeah. a lot a lot of uh, the old Disgaea developers went I, there. I did. I did kind of briefly look over it, and and uh, and because uh, I was doing some shopping, which I'll mention in a second. But uh, yeah, I, I was. I said, oh, I'll just keep an eye on it and see how well it it, it reviews, because it looks like it could be interesting. But trillion, really? Well, Do you really well, I'm need sure a trillion? In, in typical compile heart fashion, it will be full of ridiculous fan Rid- service. Oh well, if it's got fan service, yeah. then then it's fine that there's twelve digits after the one. Sure, hook me up. <laughs> <laughs> is there any tattoos on the thigh? That's all I really want to know at the end of the day. Every I, character has a tattoo on the thigh. Yes. As I recall, as I recall from the original Neptunia, you could give Neptune what was essentially a tramp stamp. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it never ends, does it? No, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> but at least, um, I mean, then there's the, the other new Compile Hard game that. They just announced like four or five days ago, or last week at least. What was the other one? Hype. There was a. Uh, there was also. Valkyrie. Oh yeah. Which again looks quite a bit nicer than the average compile heart game, and oddly enough, less potentially fan servicey. Kind of a 
different. Well, I, I guess they've made enough money from all those terrible fan service games to hire some actual developers and make some good games. Well, that's right. So, so yeah, so I was looking at v- upcoming Vita titles to, to see if I needed to catch anything on uh, pre-order or something, and, and I saw there was Trillion, but speaking of fan service, right above it is Sam Ran Kagara Estival versus <laughs> Endless Summer <laughs> Edition. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm like, ooh, what's this? And I clicked on it. And mind you, I'm at work. And I'm like, oh, no, close, close. They're going to look at my browsing history and think I'm a perv. Um, okay. okay, audience, just for the record, Senran Kagura is a fighting game where all of the girls are basically basically have weaponized boob jobs. Let, let's just put it like that. There is not a cup size below, let's say, H or I, I guess. Yeah. And then I mean, I'm not I s- quite sure how you can classify some of these proportions because they're not physically possible. Uh, and then, of course, right above that is speaking of hyperdimension, whatever. It's Mega Tag Mention Blanc plus Neptune versus Zombies. Oh, uh, that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course, those never have any fan service in them, but I'm just, (laughs) no. Uh, And then, of course, way at the top with Stranger of Sword City, the fine people who brought us Demon Gaze. I'd even click on that one, because just in case, it was another Demon Gaze. Demon Gaze is the game, I think. I don't know no, if you guys were on that podcast. Not as bad as Demon Gaze. Not as bad as I, I remember Gaze. covering stuff on that, that one before. And- did, did you hear my story of playing Demon Gaze while I was in an airplane? And I was like, I got to the cutscene with the innkeeper where she literally has like nothing covering her top. Uh, her hands are almost strategically placed, but the thing is they're not where the, the, you know, the nipples would normally be. But what they did is they just didn't bother to draw them in. So that made it okay. And it was just like, oh no, turn it off. There's people behind me. It's, oh no. Oh, I just wanted to play a dungeon crawler. I didn't want to get arrested by some air marshal. No. So yeah, yeah, great day. You were uh, using headphones, right? The, the headphones. Well, yeah, yeah. That it was the, what was on the screen. You know, the Vita screen is very bright, especially in a dark airplane. I mean, anybody in the rows behind you is going to see what you got if they just bother to glance over. There's no privacy on on an airplane unless you're on the window seat and you're holding it at an angle towards the window. And then my luck with the bright Vita screen, they'd see it through a reflection. Um, I'm sorry, Baker. I didn't mean to steal your thunder. Keep no worries. Oh, it's Mickey. It's Mickey's Thunder I stole. Uh, well, that about covers games. Most uh, I saw The Big Short. That was a very interesting movie. <laughs> was well, it big I am actually playing one other game right now. Oh, what's that? Well, um, as part of the run into the Quest for Glory backtrack, I'm currently playing Quest for Infamy. Oh, yeah. How's that going? <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, the main character is shaping up to be a right old bastard. Nice. Yeah. We should... We um, should... Yeah. We should definitely let's save that one. I think that we'll have to add that to the to the list, or at least toss it yeah, into the I, final I, lap. I plan on discussing this one and Heroine's Quest during the back at the end of the backtrack. Sweet, just because they they take different section um, different things from different games in Quest for Glory and do slightly different things with. Them. Well, I'm excited because uh, I want to hear about those games. I I can't remember if I ever picked up Quest for Infinity or not, but uh, I definitely want to hear your take on it. I didn't realize there was a Heroine's Quest, though, so that'll be interesting. Oh, Heroine's Quest is actually free, and I reviewed it a couple months ago. Oh, okay. Yep. Anything uh, else, Mr. Mickey? No, that about covers it. Mm. Um, 
So let's see here. I mentioned there I was shopping, so uh, I'm going to give a little plug here to to Amazon's if they need it. But Amazon Prime has started this new program, probably to to, to compete with like Best Buy and stuff that has a similar program, where they'll give you 20% off any pre-order game if you're a part of Amazon Prime, which I happen to be for the other benefits such as two-day shipping and the such. Um, we use Amazon a lot because we're too lazy to go out to the store. Just a drive to Best Buy too; it's like eight miles away, you know, all that gas. Anywho. Um, I, I also found out today that not only do you get 20% off your pre-orders, but it's actually through the first two weeks of release. So if you're not a huge fan of pre-ordering, which I'm generally not except for certain titles uh, and companies because um, I've been burned in the past, but uh, you can wait for the first couple of weeks of reviews. So uh, there you go. That's pretty cool if you're a Prime member. It's a great, great, great benefit because, uh, boy, you know, got to have Fire Emblem, right, guys? Fire Emblem Fates. So 20% off. Uh, too bad I can't get 20% off the DLC with that. Gosh, Fire Emblem Fates has a lot of DLC listed on the page. Holy cow. Open up your wallet and say, ah. <laughs> uh, not bitter, not bitter, not bitter. Okay, uh, what else? I've been, I've been playing this uh, game from GOG. It just kind of came out. Speaking of retro, kind of fits the RPG classification, but it's, it's really a hybrid. It's uh, a lot of games are these days. They are the Awakening. And it's a combination of turn-based, uh, some survival mechanics, strategy, and card battling system. All wrapped into one. Uh, in a way, it kind of looks like Civ when you're on the overworld and you got this beginning city. Uh, you're, you, you got only like five, six citizens and you can set some of them out to gather uh, food and firewood and stuff to keep your people from getting uh, too hungry and sick. At some point, you also need to send a couple of villagers out or so who are more adept at swinging a sword to go out and explore the land around you where occasionally they'll run into uh, encounters. And the encounters uh, can usually be handled different ways, and that's where the RPG kind of aspect comes in. There's a lot of uh, stats uh, and abilities the characters can have, and they'll have um, ranks in those abilities like stealth and knowledge and um, uh, hunter and things like that. So when you get into an encounter, depending on its type, you will have different options. Like you might find a group of skeletons. Do you want to sneak by or do you want to fight them? Either way you, you, you go, you're going to enter into this card game that it seems a little overly complicated at first, but once you get into it, it, it actually is pretty simple. Um, and and if it's a if it's a skill check, uh, instead of using your let's say offense score, you'll be using your stealth check to beat the challenge cards in front of you. Um, and unlike real battle, if those cards do damage to you, you won't carry permanent wounds. In regular combat, if you take um, too much hit points, if it gets through your armor, essentially, um, those wounds will carry with you and can potentially be deadly to your to your characters. And death is is pretty permanent in Thea as far as I can tell so that's where the kind of survival aspect comes in you can get diseases you can get sick you can get poisoned you can get cursed um, all kinds of things just really out to kill you like civilization when you're setting up the map there's a whole bunch of variables you can fart around with to make the game less or more challenging and it becomes it, it becomes the score multiplier at the end um it seems pretty interesting. I will tell you, I will not get very far in this game because there's so many moving pieces. There's a lot of micromanagement, I think, to, to get the most out of your village and your people. Uh, and right now, with everything else that's on my plate with college, the last thing I want to do is play a strategy game with 15 layers of death to it. But uh, I think it's worth checking out a lot of great, a lot of very positive uh, reviews and something I definitely plan to come to in my backlog when I'm old and retired and not trying to figure out the American tax code system. So that is Thea. 
And oh, have any of you all played Stranger of the Sword City, like the Japanese version or anything? I know you're kind of do some importing sometimes, Mike. Uh, I, I've just looked at the media, some of the news articles for it years ago. Do, do, or not many years, not a year or two ago, yeah. Is it is was it made be was it originally created before or after Demon Gaze? Um, hard to tell. Yeah, it's um, hard to tell. I'm just looking at the screenshot. I was like, it's like experience, but um, definitely it looks may, different. May have been that they were. I mean, I know for a fact that they were going more towards the style of some of their older games because this actually has some direct crossover with Students of Round, which is one of their first big published titles. Mm. So. Um, they, it could just be that they were weren't go um, that they were going for a slightly different look or an older school look. Yeah, yeah, that 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 would be. Yeah, definitely looking at. It. I like the style, the way it looks. I mean, the screenshots are just the. It's like the font that they use for their chatting looks looks pretty cool. Everything looks cool as far as the the, the design of it really grabs me. The um the other thing I've been uh, Od- Odin Sphere coming out later. I pre order that. That one's good. You can get the uh, PlayStation. It's on the Vita. It's on the PlayStation. Um, Odin Sphere on the PlayStation 2. I, I'm sure we've talked about before. I don't know if we had a show on it. Um, I don't know if it's something we consider an RPG or not. It's got mechanics in it. I don't know. Different characters. Who knows? Really cool game. Go check it out. I highly recommend, especially with the re-release there. They're working underneath the hood um, to make it smoother and um, redesigned. And it's just one of those gorgeous Miramasa like just beautiful gorgeous graphics. But the the gameplay on the PlayStation Two version, I loved it. I, I played it for thirty forty hours. Uh, it was just even with all the slow. Actually, I thought the slowdown was a feature. <laughs> those boss battles are pretty crazy. You need the slowdown. I'm afraid to take them on at sixty frames a second. Hmm. Uh, let's see. We we when we were talking about the comments on uh, Trisa Dragon Age, uh, got so wrapped up and sidetracked. Uh, I forgot there was one other um, comment. Uh, was it Twice a Dragon Age? Yeah, it was uh, Twice a Dragon Age. Let's see here. Uh, I was going to say. Uh, the, the one you just added? Was it? Yeah. Anyways, yeah, probably. The um, But Smacked had written that the podcast cut out early. So I'm going to go back and oh. look at that. Definitely, guys, appreciate it when you guys let me know about that because uh, when I edit it, it usually edits fine. But I don't sit there and re-listen to the whole MP3 over again just to make sure. Um, so I'll go back and check that out because I still got the raw files for that. So I can still make a, a change to it. I usually keep the raw files for about three months. They, they, they take up a lot of spots on the hard drive. So eventually I have to delete them to make space for more podcasts. Um, you know, so it's good if you guys let me know about that sooner rather than than later. So I'll definitely go back and check it out. I apologize for any inconvenience, especially when we talk about the Deadly Tower of Monsters, which uh, is a really fun game. <laughs> and um, let's see here. Smacked also says, as far as the topic, Dragon Age Two is one of the last games I pre-ordered. I avoided pre-ordering games because I was incredibly disappointed with it. Um, it's one of the several reasons I've decided to no longer purchase Bioware games at all anymore as well. I wanted to like it, but I couldn't. Dragon Quest Two, Killing Dreams. I mean, no, Dragon Age. No, Origins. Dragon Age. Not Dragon Quest. Dragon Age Two was kind of rough too, but not that rough. <laughs> um, shoot. Speaking of Dragon Age, I've been putting more time back again. I, I kind of walked, uh, took a break from Earth Defense Force that I just couldn't stop playing, and uh, getting back into um, 
Dragon Age Knight is my handheld go-to game. So could be post-up screenshots of that. If you're not following me at twitter.com forward slash JC Servant, you really should. Or at least bookmark the site and check it out once in a while. You can, you can actually do that. People don't understand that. With Twitter, most people's Twitter feeds are public. So you can just go to twitter.com twitter.com first slash in their username and you can see everything there if you don't want to become a follower being a a follower just makes it easier to see everything in a timeline but anywho's i've started posting dragon quest screenshots i posted one today i've actually got screenshots posted for the next week and a half (laughs) scheduled screenshots dragon quest um did you did you see the deep look for um for wonder slimes dragon quest game wonder i saw it yeah yeah i I remember the mayor's former former q a guy so go check just, that out. Just thought I would just thought I would plug that again because it's a really well done little game. Oh, if you cool. like the if you like the retro NES graphics. Oh no, it looked pretty cool, uh, and it's definitely worth plugging. The um, and of course Dragon Age Seven and Eight right on the horizon. I have, those are one of the few games I would have pre ordered, and I do have them pre ordered. So with twenty percent off at Amazon. Whew! All right, well, I think that's about everything I can think of. Just uh, oh. And if y'all are into, if any of y'all listening are into WWE, hit me up on Twitter. Haha, like WWE. But I won't kill y'all on the podcast about it. It's really off topic. So I will remind you what is on topic is the fact that RPG Backtrack is a production of RPGamer.com, your home for news, reviews, and home to the best gaming community on the net. You can check out all of our huge backlog. You know, speaking of backlogs, forget about your gaming backlog. You've got an RPG Backtrack backlog waiting for you over at RPGamer.com, as well as several other podcasts, including the Active Topical Banter, Q&A Quest, and RPG Cast. Just we got podcasts coming out of our armpits, so go and check it all out over at rpgamer.com or pull it up on iTunes. Leave us iTunes comments. Look us up at facebook.com forward slash rpgamer, twitter.com forward slash rpgamer, if I'm not mistaken. As I mentioned before, I'm JC Servant on Twitter. Mr. Michael Minky is at Jew Mason. And, I am. Uh, yeah, he is. And uh, Apps is definitely on Twitter. What are you? Ask, Ask wheels. wheels. Ask Wheels. Ask Wheels. Ask Wheels. And by the way, it's very convenient. Ask Wheels is very convenient because that's also where you can direct all of your complaints about tonight's podcast, as well as it's anything true. else you find offensive on the website. So <laughs> just send it all his way. Hey, by the way, especially if you like that, if you really, um, not like, if you absolutely loathe that horrendous review that somebody wrote on Disgaea 5, that's where you want to direct your comments. <laughs> So it's oh it's it's ask, uh, ask wheels. Um, I, I imagine a recent episode of Q and A Quest had plenty to say about that. Yeah, Baker, you don't play on Twitter, do you? Do you? Nope, nope. So no, no Twitter uh, for Baker. But you can hit him up on the forums. We have really great forums. Go and discuss things on the forums. Discuss tonight's RPG backtrack on the forums. We'd love to hear from you. Might read your comments right here on the air, and sometimes you even get prizes for listening. Tonight's prize. If you happen to jump online and you happen to mention that you listen to RPG, well, okay, now just shoot me off an email or tw- direct Twitter. I don't care. My email address is jcservant at cyberlightcomics.com. If you spell that, you deserve a free game anyways. But uh, Or direct tweet message me at jcservant and say, hey, Phil, I listen to RPG Backtrack and tonight's free game is a copy of Dragon Age Origins, the Ultimate Edition, includes a bunch of DLC. Um, all nine content packs. 
It's a good game. It's a good, good game. We, we we liked it a lot. I didn't have a free copy of Dragon Age 2 lying around. That would have been a little bit closer to the podcast, but I do have a free copy of Dragon Age Origins sitting on my Steam account, which undoubtedly you'll have to redeem in Steam just to get the code so you can redeem it on Origin. Sorry about that. <laughs> Nothing I can do about that, but it is a really great game. And for some odd reason, you haven't played it. Now's a great time to do it. You can get a free copy. Just shoot me off a message and say, Phil, I listen to your podcast, and I'd like that free copy of Dragon Age Origin. The first person who emails me or direct messages me at Twitter wins the prize. Huh, I think that's about it. I think I did all the legalese. Mr. Mike, want to put us to bed? Our backtrack episode has by now been going just about as much time as it takes to get to battles where you actually rewards in 13. <laughs> 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 Oh, wow. Okay, well you know played, what? Sir. That well is, played. Wow, that is, that is the, uh, that is cool. All right, everybody have a, have a good night on that note.
Thank you.